blackout time, now I'm in the zone No pain, no gain, work like an animal Three, two, one, it's time to start the show So count me down and let me go, go, go 52 weeks in, that is episode number 52 of BAM Weekly That's Boris and Matt Weekly The show where we talk a little bit about sports A little bit about entertainment And at the end we put it all together to chat some sports entertainment or some wrestling, as a lot of people like to call it. We're your hosts. I'm Boris. And as always, I am joined by the one, the only, my good friend, Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Happy Canada Day. If you celebrate, it's the uh, it's the BAM tradition. It's the top one blank of whatever blank year we got going. Every Canada Day, we celebrate wrestling. We celebrate life by coming here with the top matches of the year list. And Boris, before we get into the wrestling thing, how are you doing today, big homie? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Are you? Are you really, buddy? Are you doing well? <laughs> All right, so we might as well just th- throw it out there. We were at what number six? We we were at, we were 70. at match number seventy. We were just about to start number seventy, a good fifty down, and we were picking up steam. It was going well. And then I remembered that the computer that we use to record has this little glitch in the glitch in the audio driver where you, if you don't do certain things, you hear this click no matter what. And it's the most annoying thing. Uh, when I got this computer, you know, in the it's a couple early episodes of Bam, this was something that was very pr- uh, prevalent. And, you know, it's something that I, no matter what you do, no matter what software, no matter what uh, effects you use, you just can't take it away. But, uh, you know, we there's a certain level of pride with these shows. So, you know what? We're starting over. I am doing well. I'm doing fine, <laughs> honestly. It's been one of those weeks, to say the least. But a great week, dude. I went to Detroit to watch some Blood and Guts. Um, you know, been super busy with work. Been hanging out with some uh, important people. Been uh, mending fences with important people. Nice. Uh, that's good. Oh, so, that's good. Yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty good week overall. But you know, I'm ready for the long weekend. Here we are watching some Blue Jays kicking Tampa Bay ass on Canada Day on the one year anniversary of Bam. That's Boris and Matt Weekly, and it's honestly really cool. But before we get started, I want to thank each and every single person who has even listened to BAM, even for one second, it means the most, it means so much to us. You know, this is, NXT Talk is kind of what we did for SNME, and BAM is more of a passion project for the both of us. We're both huge sports geeks, we're both huge uh, pop culture geeks, and we're both huge sports uh, wrestling geeks. So, at the end of the day, a show like BAM makes so much sense, and you know, some of the feedback that I get, it makes me feel really good doing this show, um, you know, because people say, hey, I'm following so-and-so now because you the way that you guys talk about it on BAM makes me curious enough to watch it. So I just want to thank everybody for taking the time, uh, you know, regardless of what feed you listen to BAM on, regardless of where you're listening to BAM, regardless of what you listen to BAM for, because I know people listen to it for different, a variety of things, but at the end of the day, it's Boris and Matt being Boris and Matt. You have a couple friends who just turn it off as soon as we start talking wrestling, and I'm honestly okay with that. Like, we're just here to entertain, we're here to shoot the shit, and like, you don't have to to pay attention to the whole thing, but we very much appreciate anybody who does listen to any 
second of our episodes. And yeah, that's I, I feel like the sports chat that we go for is to, kind of similar to Pardon the Interruption, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon. We try to we try to be like accessible to all, not go too in depth, but kind of touch on everything. And uh, yeah, I just really, really appreciate all the feedback that we've gotten. Any nice thing, is it just means so much. And we're here at the one year mark to celebrate some professional wrestling bars. Exactly. This episode is all about professional wrestling. As we go through our top 122 matches of the year, dot, 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 so far. Yes, yeah. So it's top 122 of 2022. Next year it will be top 123 of 2023 and so on and so forth. Maybe we'll go back and give you like a top 85 of 1985 or something down the line. That's a gimmick I really want to do. But man, there's not enough time in the day to just cover every year, right? Anyway, Boris, it's a project. It's a process. But we watch a lot of wrestling here. So I figured I might as well catalog it, categorize some of it, and uh, make up this list here for, uh, for us, for the listeners. And... One thing that's important to note, buddy, is this is a work in progress. This is the halfway point, right? I'm willing to hear arguments. I'm willing to hear, man, this match shouldn't be on the list. You're crazy. Oh, this match should be 100 spots higher. Like, this is very much in pencil, not pen. Once we do this again in January, that's when we're going to lock it in. That's our official picks. But for now, this is more just, it's more of a chat. It's more of a... You, more of a bullshit session, if you will. More of kind of throwing it out there, seeing what sticks. But this is my current match of the year list, going all the way from 122 to 1, big homie. All right, before we get to that, there's a couple things I do want to cover. Some like, you know, things I'm trying to keep things fresh, different from the first attempt that we did this. But <laughs> I want to ask you, Matt, what do you hope to come with to ban over the next year? Oh, interesting. Good question. I'd like to, uh, yeah, we got to start doing a little more YouTube. That was a goal. Although we do have the TikTok going, which is kind of satiating my need to create videos. But uh, yeah, maybe a little more YouTube, maybe a little more entertainment and life talk and just general, I don't know, stuff and less on the sports, less on the wrestling Although yeah. there's so much wrestling to talk about, and I do love wrestling, I don't mind talking about it at all. But I'd like to do a little, uh, a little more outside stuff here. Yeah, for me, it's more the videos. I want to do more videos, and I think that's something that in the second half of the year we're going to set up in some shape or form. Whether we do the shows together live in person, or whether we do them in our respective by our respective computers, I think that doing more YouTube content and and releasing uh, video episodes is is certainly something that I personally really want to do at the very very least to be fun next year to have this one on camera or or do it at a bar or something make it a real celebration do it in a picnic or do it do it with a microphone stand, standing on a street corner screaming whatever it might be boris but you know i think we could do this live or at the very least on video put it on youtube well that's the thing right if we do it live like we have some options of bars around us where we can honestly go in. and then i know uh, enough of the owners where they would be happy to host us, you know, even bring some possible listeners and just like have a little little jam session, right, or something like that. That's something that by you know we'll discuss between here and January first. The issue is, is like we like recording this on on, on exact dates, so you know January first is always an interesting date to record just because of you know the hangover effect. But yeah. we'll see what we can do. With and that. July first in Canada, it might be tough to get a bar. Although we could talk and we could record this at noon or something, start getting drunk. You know what I mean? We could figure something out. I'm sure. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny because just because, you know, there were options available, but there will be options available in the new year and moving forward. So that's honestly kind of what I want to do uh, moving forward. Uh, So let us get right to it. Enough uh, uh, killing time because we do have 122 matches to get through. But before we really start get to the list, we have to really first off explain, look, wrestling is super subjective. It's it, my opinion is so different from Matt's opinion. Our opinion together is different from everyone else's opinion. Super subjective. But I do want to, you know, bring up the fact that we may rate matches a little different from a Dave Meltzer or somebody else who does all known for their match ratings. So Matt, let's talk about our four pillars of rating matches yeah so basically like a lot of people and we mentioned dave Meltzer by name friend of the show here at snme radio of course dave Meltzer, and this is not to throw shade on him or anyone it's just i feel like some people when they watch wrestling they rate the matches as though they were rating a figure skating performance or like olympic diving or something right and, and they look at the athletic effect Uh, achievements, the feats that are done in front of their eyes, and they base it purely on the, you know, athleticism on display in front of them. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I feel like we, like, look at more of the theater aspect. So, the four pillars, I think, are the in-ring aspect, which is clearly very important, the in-ring action, but also the storytelling of the match and of the general I would say, like, build-up is a pillar, and the commentary, massive pillar. Uh, obviously we watch some matches that I don't speak the language if it's Lucha you understand it I don't if it's Japanese we don't understand it but the commentary still even if you don't understand it can be a huge factor and the camera work the production is the other pillar humongous factor in what makes a match great and a match live Boris as you can attest to to a match way late on our list you might like significantly less than I liked if I saw it on television yeah, and we'll get to that conversation. And a lot of people who have listened to the mid or to all of it weekly know what match we're talking about. Um, but there will be some new points when we talk about that match a little later on. So just remember, wrestling is subjective. Our list is probably different from your list. We take a look at the four pillars of of match ratings. And the other thing that we should really uh, uh, kind of communicate as we're going through the list is how what level of the rating each section of matches are yeah good call boris okay so the first section for match 122 all the way to match 69 nice those are four star four out of five matches those are 80 percent that's an a minus if you wanted to be a dick about it it is it is not a full a but it is a great wrestling match four out of five still an a in canada so that is four star matches will comprise numbers 122 all the way down to number 69 nice nice (laughs) all right so you know with that in mind we'll keep reminding everyone as we get into the new levels and uh you know as we're going through the list we might have a thought or two about them and uh you know what the funny part is i forgot most of the list already amazing i love it so if you don't know it it's new to you buddy so let's start at 122 this might get me the most hate of any of my crazy wacky opinions the hottest take possibly on my list but i think it is a great match and if a match is great it is four stars it is an a this match was an A. It was an A minus, but it was an A. And this match was Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. Boris, we're starting the series with Anything Goes, WrestleMania 38, Night 2 
April 3rd, 2022, Knoxville v. Zane. I think this is a very fair match to put on the list for many reasons. You know, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> this match. I had zero expectations going into this match. I thought this match was a joke. I thought this match would be stupid. Having said that, I do understand why this match was included in WrestleMania. WrestleMania and WWE in general is all about content. It's all about clicks. It's all about social media. It's all about likes. It's all about all that fun stuff. So having that star power for, you know, for for lack of a better term, star power with Johnny Knoxville makes sense for WWE. It's why they signed Logan Paul at the end of the day, right? They did just do that. That's that's a thing that happened. We'll talk about that on the regular BAM show. <laughs> but, you know, it is it is what it is. So, But the match itself was entertaining. Absolutely. Like, you either love this match or you hated it. But I don't think you were bored by it at all. So if you have not seen this highly professional Boris professional wrestling match, I, there's really nothing we could say that'll do it justice. I mean, the, the, a giant mouse trap was used in, in the finish. The giant hand gimmick that they have slapped Sami Zayn incredible bump party boy did run in we man body slammed Sami Zayn. so I, I i don't know man this is if you didn't like this i i guess i get it i different strokes for different folks you know we folks or otherwise but i loved it i thought it was a brilliant celebrity match i'm a sucker for jackass though you know it was right up my alley exactly so again you know this match might it's a very polarizing match but at the end of the day it fits our pillars. And sadly, to this point, that's the only appearance of Sami Zayn on our list in 2022. This is the best match of Sami Zayn's year. I hope he gets something else to, to sink his teeth into. I want to see Sami and KO have a tag team run in uh, WWE. I think that's long overdue. But for now, that is the only appearance of Sami Zayn on our list. I will hit you with some stats at the end of the list. Anyway, match number 122, a comedy match if there ever was one. Match number 122, uh, you laughed at it. Match number 121, a very, very serious match. The duality of wrestling here. Katsuyori Shibata versus Ren Narita from Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan, night one. That is January 4th, 2022. The return of Katsuyori Shibata. Yeah, this match, like, this match was intriguing on so many levels, right? Like, this man literally left it in the ring for us years ago. Does this triumphant return has a lot of restrictions and rules against them and basically says F you and does what he wants. Power to him. And that's like, I was entertained, scared, but entertained overall. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, man, this man almost died on his shield, literally, like literally almost died in the ring, wrestling the strong style of New Japan, throwing headbutts. And as crazy as it is that he almost ended his own career, could you imagine if he almost ended Okada's career with that headbutt? Like, I, let's not headbutt each other, guys. Wrestling's fake. Yep, anyway, exactly. that's a separate thing. Uh, Katsuyori Shibata returns to the ring at Wrestle Kingdom. He has not wrestled since, although it seems like he might be gearing up to face Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom. That kind of seems like where that we're going. That seems like the direction, for sure. But yeah, so the wrestler, Katsuyori Shibata, returns to the ring, match number 121. Match number 120. This was the best Memphis wrestling match in 2022. It was MJF versus Wardlow from AEW Double or Nothing. This was classic heel getting his comeuppance. You know what this was? Wardlow was... Jerry the King Lawler in Memphis, and MJF was Andy Kaufman. That's what this match was. That's exactly what this match was at the end of the day. I, uh, yeah, 
you might again this is one that you might think of crazy to call four stars but i just thought it was a perfect payoff the crowd we talk about our four pillars crowd was absolutely batshit insane wild i thought the build-up was perfect production was great you know what i mean like nothing nothing to hate about AEW's production and commentary i just thought this was a a perfect presentation of professional wrestling that started out a great pay-per-view awful yep exactly match number 119 one of the best mixed tag team matches I've ever seen. That's a list for a future day. The top five mixed tag matches of all time. We're going AEW Dynamite January 19th. Adam Cole and the good doctor, Britt Baker DMD versus Chris Statlander when she was an alien. And my boy, my favorite wrestler, Orange Cassidy. You know what? This match was good for what it was. And, and what I liked about this also is that they already, they did the whole, let's put Britt Baker and Adam Cole together get it over with yeah. and let them do their own thing after, right? And that's what I really appreciate about that because, um, you know, that, that's something that AEW, I don't want to say they struggle with, but it's something that they have to kind of address because, you know, it's no secret that the majority of the audience of AEW are quote-unquote smarts or internet wrestling community or whatever. The hardest whatever you of, call, the, you call the, them, the hardest right? of the hardcore. The hardest of the hardcore. So there's this expectation that, oh, you know, Britt Baker and Adam Cole, because they're dating, they have to do something. So let's get it over with. Fantastic match. And Adam Cole had a great, um, you know, uh, match moving forward. Oh, man. Adam Cole's performance in this match, especially there's a moment where Dr. Britt Baker goes through a table in this match, and everything after that is like the best Adam Cole has been in his career. Almost like he was brilliant in this match, especially as the, the dickhead cocksucker boyfriend once Dr. Britt Baker went through the table, and he was way more focused about his uh, himself and his career than his girlfriend who had uh, potentially just had a fatal injury. It's yep. a table. Exactly. It's dangerous. Yep. Damn tape. <laughs> Match number 118, sticking with AEW. Uh, from the Forbidden Door show, I thought this match was great. Darby Allen, Shingo Takagi, and Sting, the dudes with attitudes, versus the Bullet Club of El Fantasmo, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. I thought it was a great match. I struggled to rank it any higher because there was a titty twister in it, Boris. Yeah. It was, <laughs> but at the same time, I felt like this was vintage New Japan Young Bucks where they're just yeah. like, you know, quote unquote, breaking the business. Right? Absolutely. Killing the business they were here. But yes, yeah. they also, they made Sting look like a zillion dollars. You know what? This match and the way they made Sting look was the match that the Young Bucks wanted their match versus the Hardys to be, I bet. And they wanted Matt and Jeff to look that good, but it didn't quite work out. And despite their gargantuan, Herculean effort in that Hardy's match it didn't quite come together in my opinion this effort did come together and they made Sting look like a million dollars there's expectations with the Hardys right like and that's that's the issue right and and I feel like we as fans put the Hardys and the Young Bucks in this weird like uh like with their backs against the wall right like and it kind of sucks sometimes so with Sting he he doesn't have to, like I'm not saying he didn't do much. He fucking killed it. He jumped but, off the goddamn stage yeah, to start that's what this I mean, thing. But that's yeah. what I mean. Like you know something quote unquote simple <laughs> like yes, that. Yes, you know it, it just seems that much crazier because it's Sting and not a Hardy. I know exactly what you mean. Whereas Jeff Hardy has to do a senton uh, through a ladder or. Uh, onto a steel steps or whatever it might be. I know what you're saying. Like, but Sting, 
Sting continues to impress. Like Sting is 62, 63 years old, and he's on this list right now. That's incredible. Good for you, Sting. He's looking good in the ring, and it's it's we're blessed to have him still uh, every week on AEW. Speaking of AEW, this is a show you were at, Boris. The debut of the Jane theme song, Orange Cassidy, fully completes his transition to Wet Hot American Summer versus All Ego, Ethan Page, Dynamite, Blood and Guts. This was a match built around a body slam. I just I just thought the crowd was so awesome in this match. I thought it was just a clever layout. Ethan Page looked excellent. Orange Cassidy looked excellent, showed more fire than he ever has other than against Will Ospreay. It feels like a new... A new push for Orange Cassidy. It feels like this character is getting a renewed uh, jolt of life, and I love it because I love this guy. So I was gonna, of course, I was gonna find a place for this one on my list. Yeah, no, this match was awesome. Awesome watching live. The crowd was just so into this because obviously everyone loves Orange Cassidy, and I think that you know because it was so close to Canada, there was enough Ethan Page support to yeah. really make this match like seem huge, seem special. Uh, Ethan Page is someone that I'm really curious to see how they use moving forward. Uh, but you know, there's this, like you said, renewed. A push for Orange Cassidy, and you know what? This match was a great. If we're looking at our four pillars, you can't deny this match on our list. I think so, man. I think so. So that that's going to close the book on AEW for a little bit, but we're coming back to AEW a lot over the course of this list. Right now, let's go over to NXT 2.0 for the New Year's Evil special, January fourth, two thousand and. 22, where Braun Breaker, your boy, Braun Steiner, defeats Tommaso Ciampa to win the NXT title. Braun Breaker's coronation here, match number 116. You know, what I loved about this match is, like, when is it going to happen? When is Braun Breaker going to win? Uh, I like the fact that they did they did take their time a little bit with this. And what can you say about Tommaso Ciampa? Just one of the best in NXT uh, someone who just knows how to elevate someone and someone who knows how to have a great match with someone so green like Braun Breaker with two Ks. Yeah, and Braun is a special talent. Like He, he did his part as well, but this was the Tommaso Ciampa show for sure. And man, Ciampa, one of the most talented people in WWE. I hope he sticks around. I hope he gets a big push. I'm worried he'll be fired by SummerSlam just because it's WWE. But yeah, I, Ciampa, even when he gets a three-minute match on Raw versus Ali or Mansoor or Edge or whoever it might be, Finn Balor, he always delivers, always kills it. Love me some Tommaso Ciampa. Match number 115, sticking with NXT. Triple threat match for the North American title. Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes versus Solo Sokoa. That is from the May 3rd episode. Just a banger of a triple threat. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, you kind of take a look at the careers of all three of these men, and you have to wonder what's in their future. Solo Sokoa, oddly enough, like, He'll be fine. Bloodline, you know, he's going to be That's the thing, right? Like, yeah. that's exactly it right there. But it, it, what I love about Solo is that we've seen him literally go from super green to having these these awesome matches on uh, TV and, and specials and all and everything that NXT 2.0 does. Um, so I love seeing that progression that we've seen with Solo In terms of Cameron Grimes and Carmelo Hayes, you just have to wonder what is to come with their career. Yeah, they're smaller guys, excellent workers, but th- that means less to a Vince McMahon than body, than bombastic promo ability. And I do worry, I, with a Carmelo Hayes, 
They're going to get up to the main roster, he and Trick Williams, and Vince is going to see Trick Williams, 6'4", 6'5", or whatever he is, gifted gab like a young Enzo Amore, like this kid can talk, and I'm worried that Carmelo Hayes is going to be the manager, and Trick Williams, despite the fact that he cannot wrestle at this point, is going to be the wrestler. Yeah, that's that's exactly it, right? Like, it's crazy that we might have this situation where the person who is getting the bigger push is going to be flipped on the main roster. I definitely see it coming. I could see it coming a mile away. But Trick Williams is great at talking. Carmelo Hayes, great at wrestling. At this moment, that's one of the best acts in all of professional wrestling, not just WWE. 100%. All right, let's keep it. Keep the ball rolling, as they say. February 22nd episode of NXT 2.0 now. This is Dolph Ziggler versus Tommaso Ciampa. Boris, back in my day, we used to call these takeover quality matches like uh, a year ago or something. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Oh, NXT. Yeah, yeah. You love to break my heart like other people. Um, So, yeah, this match was awesome. Like, it's one of those things where... One thing that NXT 2.0 has done fairly well is bringing in main roster people and kind of just 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 integrating them well into NXT. Really and this call. is a perfect example of that. And again, I maintain what I said about Tommaso Ciampa earlier. And, you know, he can have a great match with just about anyone. And Dolph Ziggler is just one of those people who's like perennial underdog, perennial, um, you know, someone who, you know, deserves more deserves better but i'm sure he's happy i'm sure he's he's doing fine i mean this man was with amy schumer dolph ziggler's doing all right you know what i mean like uh, he's does not have a bad life we don't need to cry for dolph ziggler but i i do think that he should have been given more in the professional wrestling business and he's cut that promo saying that exact thing 30 times in his career we've heard it before but yeah he's gotten a world title he never really got the full respect he deserved we will see his AEW career in 2025 how that goes yeah i doubt it (laughs) um anyway so yeah that was 114 speaking of AEW, boris we move on to number 113 saint patrick's day slam dynamite that's march 16th 2022 a trios match adam cole and red dragon versus hangman page and the jurassic Express. This is when they were doing your favorite gimmick of steal the title from the champion. Yeah, this is when I was kind of checked out of the Cole Cole uh, and and Page the Battle of the Atoms uh, yeah. feud, just because it makes the champion look so stupid when he gets his belt, belt stolen. Yeah, it's just dumb. It just it, it, it I, it's meaningless to me. It's just like I don't. I, I don't get the heat aspect of it. Yeah. Why would anyone Not anymore. Care? Not anymore. Right? Like, yeah. back in the day, okay, I can see, but nowadays, it's just dumb. Having said that, this trios match was excellent. I really enjoyed this. Um, and it just, I just wish it had a better story and better kind of, like, just feeling overall to yeah, the match. I think that's fair, man. I think that's absolutely fair. So, that was 113. Match number 112. This is what I might have underrated. I might need to rewatch this and bump this one up. Uh, FTR versus CM Punk and John Moxley. So I felt it was a little sloppy. It was a little messy, but that's good sometimes. You know what I mean? And for these four men, this wasn't going to be Dante Martin versus Ray Phoenix. Spoiler, which you'll hear from earlier or later in the show. This is this had to be a dirty fight between four veterans, right? Well, that's the thing. I think that sometimes a match calls for this 
more rugged approach. Yes, rugged's a good word. The old school, the rugged approach. The yeah. rugged Ronnie Garbage <laughs> approach. Yeah, like, not everything needs to be a technical masterpiece to be good, right? And, and obviously, like, there's matches on our list, I'm sure, that does that don't fit that description. Hell, you put Zane and, and Knoxville on it, right? Exactly. So... <laughs> It's some, but 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 when you look at the six guys in that match, well, they hated each other, so it's gonna be a effing fight. It was an effing fight. Uh, four guys, yes, but yeah, four it, guys, it, yeah, sorry, was an effing fight indeed. So yeah, that was one twelve FTR versus Punk and Moxley. This is one eleven trios match. Matt Riddle and MSK, the Shaman with his boys MSK versus Imperium. Giovanni Who? Vinci, Ludwig <laughs> Kaiser, and Gunter, formerly known as Fabian Eichner, Marcel Barthel, and Walter. Imperium. Hey, member member Imperium? Member Nash Carter? Yeah, I remember Nash Carter. I love the fact that all of Imperium has had their names completely changed. All of them. Have we seen Marcel Barthel wrestle on SmackDown? Has Ludwig Kaiser wrestled? I don't what, think so. What a waste, man. That guy's great. That guy is great. What a waste to just have him sitting outside on the... Why would you, why would you even pay somebody to just stand outside the ring? What the hell is the point of that? That guy is just stealing money from WWE right now. And it's dumb because he's really talented. He should be wrestling for WWE right now. Ask all the wrestlers on Dark the exact same question. Ugh. Okay, I, I will do that. I will ask them all the exact same question. Anyway, match number 111, that was also from New Year's Evil. I threw a beer in your freezer. Can you grab that for me, Boris? <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you very much. All right, uh, so that was match number 111, the trios match for New Year's Evil. The Shaman, Matt Riddle, and MSK versus Imperium. Match number 110. So this is one where expectations that were my enemy here. My expectations were through the roof. And what I got was a match that was an, uh, inarguably great, but it left me wanting more. John Moxley versus Speedball Mike Bailey from Wrestling Revolver Stranger Fangs, June 11th. So Moxley had Forbidden Door coming up. He had all these huge, huge matches coming up, blood and guts. He couldn't get hurt against Speedball Mike Bailey here at the same time they didn't it's not like they half-assed it it's john moxley versus speedball it was gonna be great and it was great yeah exactly and you know you bring up a great point and this is gonna be a debate that i'm sure we're gonna have that one day one day is with AEW stars kind of being in the indies like are they there to just be a name are they there to kill it right now they're there to kill it obviously and they most of them have been most of them have been but this is a perfect example of something to to look out for moving forward in my opinion Right, like yeah. if there are concrete plans in the works for a wrestler in AEW, he's they're not gonna put him in a death match or something <laughs> stupid like that. It's right? an excellent call. You'll notice that he wrestled Speedball, who while he, he I'm sure he'll kick you hard, and I'm sure like him landing on you with those knees might hurt. Speedball Mike Bailey is 175 pounds, and he does a Karate Kid gimmick. Like he didn't, they didn't do John Moxley at Bloodsport versus Biff Busick, for example, where they both bled buckets, which again you'll be hearing from later on the list. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a 110. Disappointing is the wrong word, but uh, uh, here's 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 a perfect example of where. Our our, our expectations were so high that, unfortunately, yeah, 
the match didn't live up to our expectations. And that's our fault, not theirs. Exactly. <laughs> so that was number 110. Match number one, not, 109, the WWE Raw match of the year. The best match I've seen on Raw all year. I'm not watching Raw every week, so please tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I missed something. It was AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins. Winner faces Edge at WrestleMania 38. This was from the March 21st edition of Raw. So, you know what's funny? I was thinking about this since we went through the list once. <laughs> Um, and I do have a new point to bring up. I think that this match deserves more credit oh. because of the fact that we knew exactly who was going to win, and they still went out and gave us an entertaining match. Interesting. I could see it. I could see that argument. You know what? I'd have to rewatch it. I'm not retaining a lot of memory of, from it other than it was a great AJ versus Seth match. I, I, You know they work together extremely well. Two of the best in-ring wrestlers that there are going uh, at least five years ago, if not today. So that was 109. Match number 108. Let's uh, talk actual WrestleMania. That match was setting up WrestleMania. This is the actual WrestleMania. I think this is the best match on night two. Maybe my own list will prove me wrong. But the triple threat tag match from WrestleMania 38 night two. Alpha Academy versus RK Bro versus the Street Profits. Four star match for us. I thought it was great. Yeah, this match was really stood out on its own. And what really makes this match stand out on its own is the fact that, you know, you've heard us talk so much about this. And we, I'm sure, will bring it up again at some point in this show. And that's the fact that WrestleMania overall was a tale of two styles. Night yeah. one was hardcore wrestling. And, you know, us, 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 us wrestling fans are going to love where night two was more on the celebrity and the sports entertainment aspect of wrestling. So, that's why this tag match really stands out more so than Edge versus AJ. Um, you know, it, just because it, it was, it was it, that match was that good on a night where wrestling yeah. and technical wrestling took a backseat. Absolutely, like it was slightly better than Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. I'll tell you that much, But he, Like I think your assessment was bang on. Night one was for the hardcore fans. Night two was for the casuals, the sports entertainment fans, the fans who are watching one wrestling show a year. Yep. Exactly. All right. Match number 107, we're sticking with WWE. This is one that I can maybe bump up somewhere between 20 to 70 spots, honestly. This was a fabulous match, but again, it was a random, it was an in-your-house main event, a random kind of tag match where everyone knew what was going to happen. The wrong guys won, but still an excellent match. It was the main event of WrestleMania Backlash, May 8th. That is the bloodline of Jimmy Uso, Jey Uso, and Roman Reigns versus RK Bro, Orton Riddle, and Drew Mack. Wrong guy won. Randy Orton, or sorry, no, not Randy Orton, Riddle got pinned by Roman Reigns to set up a match in a couple months where Riddle would get pinned by Roman Reigns. Yeah, I think plans changed because of Randy's injuries, but at the end of the day, there was no reason for the bloodline to have to win this match. And for me, that really hurt the match a little bit. But at the end of the day, you know, classic WWE where you don't give a crap about watching the premium live events and their pay-per-views, but yet, you know, they deliver a really really good show and this is a classic though yeah doing that. blacklash classic example of on uh, like the build sucked on paper the crowd was or the card wasn't exciting but the the show was actually pretty dang good yep 
All right, number 106 and 105, back-to-back matches from back-to-back days from Arisa Nakajima and Tsukasa Fujimoto. So this is Joshi wrestling. These are This is non-stardom Joshi. So uh, Tsukasa Fujimoto, she was the revelation of our list last year, Boris. I had never seen Tsukasa before, but she's great. She's like kind of like a Riho-type wrestler, but she's a little bigger, a little tougher, a little stronger. I like her work more than Riho. I think uh, she could stand to come over. I don't think she'd probably get much of a chance in NXT. They'd probably turn her into a Power Ranger or something. But uh, I'd love to see her on darker elevation as the joke goes. <laughs> anyway, so uh, on April 29th, seed lining golden moment. And then on April 30th, Ice Ribbon, the fantastically named Spring is Short Fight on Girl show. So that was seed lining golden moment and Ice Ribbon, Spring is Short Fight on Girl. Uh, back-to-back nights, back-to-back matches from two awesome performers. Check them out if you've never heard of either of those. Ariza Nakajima versus Tsukasa Fujimoto. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, That's a promotion that, honestly, we talk about stardom a lot, but Ice Ribbon is a promotion that you got to check out more. That's definitely, like, I've seen three or four Ice Ribbon matches in my life, and they've all made their way on these lists. So, yeah. Tsukasa Fujimoto is great. She's a great wrestler. 104. Adam Cole versus Trent Beretta. We're back in an AEW pack, Boris. This was AEW Rampage. From January 14th, 2012, Adam Cole versus Trent Beretta, the highly underrated Trent Beretta. Yeah, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Highly underrated. That's someone who can just have a great match. I've seen Trent Beretta steal shows live. Nice. I remember uh, there was an ROH, uh, War of the Worlds, or, you know, whatever, one of their crossover shows with New Japan, and he and Juice Robinson just stole the show. And it was a last-minute addition because it was the original match was supposed to be Cody versus Juice Robinson, but Cody injured himself in Buffalo the night before, so they put in Trent. Dude, match of the night. It was even better um, than Super Smash Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Oh, nice. I believe it. Uh, Trent's, Trent's fabulous, man. You don't have to sell me on Trent. I love Trent. Love Sue. Love Chuck Taylor. Big fan of the best friends. I hope they get a title run at some point in their AEW career. Well, now with Orange Cassidy's renewed push, I'm hoping that that's the case. Yes, sir. Match number 103, sticking with Adam Cole. This one versus Christian Cage from the April 6th Dynamite. Excellent wrestling match. Yeah, exactly. You see, Christian Cage is an interesting case. We were talking about this earlier, and you know, I kind of got you to see the light in terms of I would. I'm a fan of seeing Christian Cage wrestle a little less and having these bangers, especially while, like, as he's proven the past few weeks, where his mic work can be just some of the best in the industry. Mm. Move over, MJF. Yeah, well, bold, but maybe, man, maybe. He's he's like sniffing that level, which is in and of itself an accomplishment for sure. So match number 102 now, Adam Cole versus your boy Orange Cassidy. Lights out, non-sanctioned match. I think I like this match a lot more than most. I This was the match that ended with the the hug of death, the, yeah. the, the, the hug and then jump off the stage, which actually did almost kill Adam Cole. Orange almost landed on his head. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I give a lot of credit to these guys, a lot of kudos to these guys. I love the work and the sacrifices that they do for the fans. Uh, you know, say what you want about the, the gimmicks, the setup, whatever, what have you. Um, at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, this match was fun. This match was good. Remember, wrestling, you're allowed to have fun. It's allowed to be fun. All right, number 101, right off the post of the top 100, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT title from the February 16th episode of Dynamite. So these guys are great. This match might deserve more love, but we've just seen them have better matches with different people, with combinations of each other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've seen Darby and Sammy in the ring do awesome things. So just a random dynamite match, while still great, it didn't quite doesn't quite stand out in your mind, you know? This is like these two are gonna end up being the John Cena and Randy Orton, where they're gonna see them wrestle a million and one times. So the fact that every time they wrestle does possibly end up on our list that's a feat in itself oh big time big time like every match on this list this is meant to be a celebration like we said like every match on this list is great literally great and we're going to bat for all of them such as number 100 from the same episode of dynamite february 16th brian danielson versus lee moriarty lee moriarty's Biggest match in AEW to date, for sure. Although he's probably had bigger in his career, maybe you could yeah, maybe not so. on television versus Brian Danielson. It's probably the biggest match of his entire career. Yeah. And uh, he delivered. I thought he looked great. I wish there was a spot for this guy in AEW. There's just not enough room for people like Lee Moriarty, like Wheeler Yuta, Daniel Garcia, even them. They're lackeys in groups, but they're getting on TV. They were just in the main event, I guess. But where's Lee Moriarty's group, you know? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, that's the unfortunate part with just the sheer size of the AEW roster. But you know what? This is a perfect time to bring up this point, man. And that is, if the AEW roster wasn't the size that it was, who the fuck would be wrestling right now? That's the thing. The depth has really helped them through these trying times where they have so many injuries, but they haven't even lost a step, haven't blinked an eye. They And that's because they have 90,000 people under contract. And what's good is that... Because you're seeing new faces right now, quite literally sometimes, um, it feels fresh, right? And let's be honest, like someone like a Lee Moriarty, I think, would just absolutely kill it in the ROH brand. Absolutely. If and when they got a television show. But yeah, he put that man on the ROH pay-per-view, hopefully give him a big match and a win. And yeah, that would be a good place to showcase your Lee Moriarty's. Yep. All right, brother, so that was number 100. We're into the top 100. Number 99, Wayne Gretzky. So the thing about this match, it was spectacular, but we've seen better versions of this exact match multiple times this year. So this was a ladder match on AEW, April 27th, 2022. Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT title. So here's the thing about ladder matches. What is the line of danger for a ladder match and some like I love ladder matches I think these two killed it I think this match deserves to be on this list maybe even a little higher but at what point do you stop watching a match and not stop watching a match but stop being entertained in a match because you're more worried about the spots that they're doing yeah exactly like Sammy's like Phoenix 630 where he almost like broke his collarbone or whatever like yeah they, this was a crazy match and there's so many crazy ladder matches so many and there are a lot of them are on our list like don't get us wrong but 
Yeah, it just feels like right around this point, it, w- it was starting to become overkill. And we would see more blood, more guts, more ladders after this. So that is what it is. Yep, exactly. Match number 98, also a spectacular match. Not a lot of psychology, if you will, but just some of the most incredible creative moves, most athletic of the all of the athletic feats that you'll see in a wrestling ring. This was Dante Martin versus Ray Phoenix. Owen Hart Foundation Tournament qualifying match that was from the May 4th edition of Dynamite. So spectacular athletic brilliance, but uh, not a shred of psychology or, or uh, story to the match. And this might, I might sound, this might sound different from how I usually talk, but there's places in wrestling for matches like this oh, absolutely. where it's just a showcase of athleticism, spots, and 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 sheer like just sheer ability uh, to do these moves and not kill the other person or yourself. Um, so I'm okay with that, and that's one of the things about AEW that I absolutely love is that they do. You know, we do get the hardcore matches. We do get the blood and guts. We do get the technical just showcases, and then we get matches like this where it's just insanity. But like a a, a a choreographed insanity. Yeah, basically the best lucha match, the craziest lucha match you ever saw. Yeah. All right, so we're going back to back fatal four way matches here. So the first one let's talk about from Forbidden Door for the All Atlantic title: Clark Connors versus Malachi Black versus Miro versus Pac. A breakout performance for Clark Connors here. Oh yeah, and I feel like he was kind of put in that hard position. Like, dude is replacing Ishii. You know, like there was this expectation. For Clark Connors, uh, and I feel like it was not, it was more on himself where he just wanted to prove that he deserved to be yeah. and take that spot from someone so loved like an Ishii. That's well put, and I do think it was part of the match layout yeah. as well. Like, he got a moment to shine, and they specifically told you, the viewer, this guy belongs in this match, and I think that was important. So, I like that match a lot. In fact, looking at these matches, Back to back, I think I like that one more than this one, which maybe I guess I would have to say is objectively better, but it just went way too long, just too much finisher spam, too much shit for me in this match, which was still great, but I I just, it lost me, and that was number 96, fatal four-way match for the IWGP US title, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus John Moxley versus Juice Robinson, your winner, versus Will Ospreay, that was the... Uh, was it the main event of Capital Collision? I bet it, yeah, I, it I believe it was. It was, was yeah, it was the main event. event of New Japan Capital Collision, May fourteenth of this year. Yeah, this match was great. This match was fun, but like you said, it was just a little too much. It was, you know, it was what? Like Thirty-five minutes and just like, boy, this is everything that people complain about. AW, New Japan. And the indies all in one. Yeah, big time. And again, like I, I imagine, if you were there in the crowd, this might be your favorite match of the year. You might, you might have turned off this podcast. Please give us a chance. But uh, yeah, no, I just, just sometimes the finisher spam like wins you over, and you're hooked for every moment. And sometimes it just feels like dudes uh, doing a video game. This was a video game match to me. Still spectacular, though. Number 95, another match that kind of just lost me a little bit. And this, to me, was more of the fault of the length of the show than either of the two performers. So this was the main event of Forbidden Door. John Moxley versus Tanahashi, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Great wrestling match, but... At the end of a very long show, Moxley bleeds again. Apparently, it was hard way is the word, but Moxley bleeds again, and it's just like, 
Ah, I don't know. Still a great match. It was Moxley versus Tanahashi. Moxley willed the older, the elder statesman to a great match here. Yeah, I love this match in the grand scheme of stuff. However, I feel that this match was just put in a shit position from the get-go. Yeah. I feel like this match could have featured just about anyone, and it would have kind of gotten the same reception. Um, you know, because of the CM Punk injury, I know plans had to change. And, you know, one of the things about Tony Khan is, like, he wanted to put this match on his show. He's the promoter. He yep. wanted to have it on his show rather than it go to New Japan, which is fine. That's I can, I can perfectly live with that and accept that. But the other thing, and this is the biggest thing about this match, is that it just didn't feel as important as the IWGP match. And if you take a look at the way, and, and you know, this just goes to show you how poorly built Dynamite was getting moving into Forbidden Door, and that's that this felt second fiddle to not only the IWGP championship, but blood and guts just yeah. a few days after Forbidden Door. You're completely right, man. Listen, I love AEW. There's a ton of AEW matches on this list. You will hear it. We'll tell you the exact number at the end of it. But I agree. Like, the build to Forbidden Door was bad. It was not good. The ratings the numbers prove it. The ratings have reflected it. I think there's a lack of creativity sometimes in AEW. And and honestly, like, this last Dynamite was 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 actually it was better in that respect. But I, I think there was also an hour-long cage match, so that helps. Exactly. Right? Like, I, I just think there's a lack of creativity. And I don't want to say the word glass ceiling because it's not WCW. It's not. It's not close to that. But it does feel like Yet. certain people can't move up. And, like, Eddie Kingston should be challenging for the world title. He should be in the main event. He's that popular, period. Claudio Castagnoli right now, he just came in in kayfabe. He could arguably be the best wrestler in the company. He just beat Zack Sabre Jr. and lasted the entirety of this cage match and won. So... If you wanted to tell a story where this is your world champion, this could be a good start. And they could push someone through the glass ceiling that they have and not just only push Moxley and Kenny Omega. Yeah, that's the thing, right? And I'm curious, interested, scared to kind of see moving forward what that main event picture looks like. They tried Adam Page. Yes. I, I worked for me. I, I, I don't get... I don't understand the hate that his title reign received. I can I don't get it, but I can see the points. I can see the points. Yeah, one thing is, it feels like they have this great, grandiose plan to get the champion to the title. Exactly. And once they win the title, they have no idea. And you can see that with Thunder Rosa right now, especially. We'll talk about it in a little bit with a different act. I saw it with Lucha Express. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We'll talk yeah. about it. We'll talk about it. I, I, I disagree about Lucha Express. 100% agree with Thunder Rosa. And I worry. I do worry. I think those are valid points, my friend. Moving on. Match number 94. Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Round 1. A Styles Clash, if you will. Maybe, uh, I don't know. It, 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 it clash? That, that suggests something negative, right? This was an incredible match. It was Wild Card Wednesday. Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray Fenix. Boris. <laughs> I would say a Styles clash at the core of it. A contrast. A man versus perhaps. a Latino. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> Jesus. No, a contrast, joking. not a clash, Boris. Anyway, I'm, please continue. Please I'm tell joking. Please tell me the evil white man what I have been doing. No, I am very much evil. I, we are terrible. We're a terrible bunch, but please continue. No, 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 no. no. But, but for this, it was like <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly's like 
ground and pound, more MMA style versus Ray Fenix is just Superman. Yeah, yes. He spends more time in the air than on the floor. <laughs> and this match just worked. It just worked. And for me, this match proved just how good Kyle O'Reilly is. Oh, right? Like, man. If only he had just just the just a shred more promo ability, just like bring him to like a C plus promo, yeah. he would be he would be a super he, he star. him and Cole would be like at the same level. Oh, if you combined Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly into one person, yeah, you get Ricky Starks. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's true, absolute Boris. I love where your head's at. Jeez, that's that's great. All right, let's touch on this one now, buddy. Number ninety three. Your boys, the Jurassic Express, Lucha, Saurus, and the Jungle Boy. This was a match where they defeated Red Dragon for the tag team titles on Dynamite, April thirteenth. So you don't feel like their tag title run was good? I feel like they were so popular. So popular. They were telling this amazing story about them getting to the tag team titles, and then once they got them, I'm not saying they didn't have a good like they they, they didn't have a good run per se, but it goes back to once they became champs, then what? Huh. I well see the then what for me was they go on a dominant run of defeating all comers. You but know? They, but the okay did they face FTR? No. Exactly. Well, there you did go. Did they face the young? Okay, they, they, they did, the and then they lost to them. Exactly. <laughs> but you see what I'm... You see? Yeah. You see? I do. I do see. Well, they beat uh, the Red Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> That's one team they beat. True. And it was number 93 on our list. No, I just... I, I think, like, the Hangman Page title reign, the Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus title reign, I think they were better than fans give them credit for, and I think they will be remembered more fondly than they were treated in their time. Thunder Rose's reign has been bad. I don't think anyone could argue that. You'd have to be uh, an apologist to argue that. I think... Some reigns are bad. I don't think those reigns were bad. You would think that she's a part of Legada the Fantasma with how she's been treated. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right, number 92. We're sticking with AEW Dynamite March 30th. This is Brian Danielson versus Wheeler Yuta. So this match was great. The only problem with this match is a week or two later, Moxley and Yuta took this formula and spiked it on its fucking head with a Death Rider. But so. I feel, here's the thing. I feel like this was the Wheeler Yuta story as opposed to Danielson nah. or Moxley. That's, yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, so this was a very good match. Great match, in fact. But they did a better version of it in two weeks. And this is the best point. incarnation of Danielson. Like the oh, God, yeah. Stomp and pound. Literally. Uh, yeah, I love Brian Danielson. I hope he's healthy and gets back into that ring very, very soon. So that was number 92 from the March 30th episode. Number 91, also from the March 30th episode of AEW Dynamite. This is Jay Lethal versus John Moxley. Is this Lethal's best match in AEW? Is this his only match in AEW? <laughs> Oof, salty bars. No, but it's true. <laughs> no, you, you might be right. He's got, well, I can't think of another high-profile one off the top of my head. I really can't. Uh, yeah, so tr- I'm sure he had a couple. Uh, TN- uh, I'm sure he had fantastic YouTube matches. <laughs> Didn't he come in and do a TNT title match against whoever was champ at that time? Is that that's he- that's literally how he debuted? Right, right. Against Guevara. There it is. Yeah, against Sammy. So yeah, this is this is his best AEW match, as Boris said, perhaps his highest profile AEW match, and this was his last thing that he did as a babyface in AEW. Moxley versus Lethal. Yeah, this this match was good. I love Lethal. Like I think, but here's the thing: at the same time, we have to be realistic about Lethal. He's not a spring chicken anymore. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 
I feel like even he sees himself more as that elder state than someone who's 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 chomping at the bit. Not to say that he's not. Not to say that he's not going to be given opportunities. But I think his role in AEW is different than his role in Ring of Honor as the longest reigning TV and heavyweight champion. Absolutely. I know for sure. His his name and face is synonymous with Ring of Honor at this point, and he will be a part of that brand if ever there's a television show, I'm sure. But yeah, for now, he's just kind of... he's He is still the voice of ROH on AEW. Like, he's the ROH angle. He's the ROH uh, corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly it. Like, that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, and then... And, and, because that's exactly it. Like, yeah, we'll move on. I'm sure we'll, this will come up more on the yes. list. So that'll, uh, we'll go back to AEW for now. We're going to veer away, go to Impact Wrestling for the best match of Jake something. Jake something. Not a great name, but a great wrestler. Super kicked champion. Our boy here in Toronto in the best match of his career versus Trey Miguel. Impact Wrestling Sacrifice. That is from March 5th. 2022 for the X Division title. Oh man, yeah, this match was awesome. I freaking love this match, and like, you know, Trey Miguel is just someone. Uh, you know, I, I was I don't want to say shocked or surprised or held anything against them. I think that he, in the grand scheme of things, even at the time, not the hindsight is 2020. Yeah. At the time, it was the best move for him. Uh, probably wanting to become a singles wrestler knowing his potential etc betting on him and betting on himself and all that for him to stay back and do what he did right so yeah what you're referring to is that Trey Miguel was part of the rascals with Wesley and Nash Carter who went to WWE as MSK and now it's kind of looking like Trey Miguel staying in impact he made the right decision yeah, at the same time, I can see Wesley having a Trey Miguel-like run in NXT. Yes. Except he cries a shitload more. <laughs> but it's because he's a man. He feels feelings. It's okay in 2020. It, you know what? It is okay for a man to feel feelings. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here. I love Wesley's promo the last couple weeks. But yeah, he. I can see it running thin. Like, you can't cry every week. At some point, you are a blubbering douchebag. <laughs> it does. There is a line. There is a line. <laughs> Match number 89, A-Kid versus Charlie Dempsey won. We'll hear it again on this show. But this was their first account encounter, WWE NXT UK from March 10th. Charlie Dempsey, the son of William Regal. God, I can't wait till he's in the Blackpool Combat Club. Let it happen soon. Oh, that's the thing. Like I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. That like I'm not one to say this. I'm not. I hate when people say this stuff. But if, if there is one wrestler who I just want their contract to end yeah. and move over to AEW for obvious reasons, it is Charlie Dempsey. It's just, it, and I know a lot of our listeners haven't watched a Charlie Dempsey match. And that is criminal of you. They're all good. He is, I'm not lying. I'm not saying this because I'm some fanboy. Watch two or three matches of his. Watch anyone else in the, in the company. He is a top five wrestler in WWE right now. Full stop. Top five. Top five. Male or female. He's a mixture of Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the flying of Ospreay, but he's he's a bigger Zack Sabre Jr. He's like a mixture of Hook and Zack Sabre Jr. Handsome suplex machine. The handsome young devil. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he is. You shocked me on that. Hook Sabre Jr. (laughs) I don't know what to say. Watch like more. You actually, like you shocked it. You 
you you did something most people can't do, and that's leave me speechless. Rendered you speechless. It was such Holy. a good analogy. He's Hook Saber Jr., baby. That's what he is. Number 89, Hook Saber Jr. versus A Kid, Charlie Dempsey, Charlie Regal, son of Lord William Regal. Check his work out. He is great. I still can't believe that you did that to me. Like, it's so rare that I just get, like, stopped on my tracks yeah, like that. I'm glad. I, I pulled it off. It's true, though. That's that's exactly what he is. Match number 88, we're sticking with UK. Ilya Dragunov versus Nathan Frazier. What a great match this was. This was from March 3rd. Yeah, Ilya Dragunov, I feel like, you know, he hasn't really been doing too much recently, right? Like, yeah, it's been weird. He's kind of been off the shows in, in UK. Maybe he's hurt, I wonder. Maybe it's because he calls himself the czar of pro wrestling. There is a, It is tough that their world champion is is a very Russian character with a very Russian accent who's from Russia, who has a Russian name, and Russia's kind of not exactly, I don't know, in favor right now. Not a, yeah. not a place you'd want to push and, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, get behind. There's a lot of heat on the run. Yeah, them. well put, yes. <laughs> Lots of heat on Russia these days, buddy. Let me tell you. So, I don't know if he's hurt or has something to do with that. Anyways, regardless, I feel like his reign's been a little weird the past, what, six months or so. Uh, but he's had some tremendous matches. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, good old Charles Dempsey, future uh, dark main eventer, and him had a great match. Uh, yes, this wasn't... No, this was uh, his match oh, was versus Frazier. Frazier. Yeah, this was his well, match versus... Who, again, someone who we haven't seen in a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. Nathan Frazier, the former Ben Carter. So, yeah, he versus Ilya Dragunov. Excellent match that was. That was number 88. Match number 87, it's a trios match from the AEW pay-per-view Double or Nothing. So, this was the Death Triangle versus the House of Black. It's Pac, Penta Oscuro, and Ray Fenix. Versus Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi Black. Great wrestling match here. Felt like a PWG match. One of those classic PWG six-man tags from like 2011 to 16. We're like pandemonium. Yeah, we're like every single match was like four stars and it was great. And either Kevin Owens or Chuck Taylor would be on commentary with Excalibur just laughing and having fun. And it was just like, it was like the new ECW in a way. It was just like the party wrestling that you wanted to be part of. Yeah. And exactly. then it became EEW. So that's yeah, it. that's the thing. And I, again, it goes, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about they have so many different styles and even in the way that they present matches. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, and this was just a brilliant all-action six-man tag. Another awesome tag team match with six men on three different teams this time. This is from Forbidden Door. This is the three-way winner-take-all tag team match. FTR versus Rapongi Vice versus the United Empire, a.k.a. O'Corn on the Cobb. Boris. Love that. <laughs> I love that. Made me laugh just as much the second time. <laughs> Ah, I love oh, it. Man. So yeah, a great match. Forbidden Door was an excellent show. Went too long, uh, but that's a good problem to have. Too much talent. Give them all a spot and burn out your audience. I guess I, I, it's a good I problem think, you know to what? have. I don't think Forbidden Door. Like, here's the thing: it finished around midnight. Like, the difference between Forbidden Door and Double or Nothing was huge. Like, when you're closer to one a.m. Eastern versus. Midnight Eastern, that makes a huge difference. I just look at Slammiversary and how much fun that show was and how easy that show was to watch, and it ended right at 11, and I didn't feel, like, robbed of anything. Everyone got a chance to shine. I felt like I got the exact amount of wrestling I needed, not a bit more, not a bit less. You know what I mean? And, uh, 
Yeah, I just, I just, I don't think I've ever had that feeling from AEW. Last night's Dynamite, I did. I actually got the exact amount of wrestling I, I wanted, and I left excited, but satiated, but excited for more. You know? Oh, I was exhausted. I by bet the you because you were the there. Recordings. Yeah. Yeah. And so you not only saw Dynamite, but you also saw Dark and then Rampage. Yeah, and there was half an hour between. Dynamite and Rampage. Just cleaning up the ring? Blood. <laughs> Literally cleaning up the blood and or the guts. You know? Uh, hopefully and then, there weren't many guts. Uh, probably some of 2.0s, but oh, like, geez. honestly, it was crazy long. And I feel bad because a lot of people are reporting bullshit. The Nyla Rose, Tony Storm match. A lot of people did leave. But it was so late. It was almost midnight. By yeah, point. that's yeah, that's not their fault. That's if anything, that's honestly Tony Khan's fault. Like, or just whoever booked that in that particular match in that particular spot, which I would assume would be Tony Khan. Anyway, uh, so that was uh, sticking with AEW, which is a fantastic promotion that we love. Number eighty-five, face of the revolution ladder match: Christian Cage versus Keith Lee versus Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Stocks versus Wardlow. Uh, this was AEW Revolution from March 6th. Great match. I love this match. This match could have ended before it even got started with Ricky Stark's neck. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, poor Ricky. Poor, dear, sweet Ricky with the yeah with the power bomb he took on the ladder. But yeah, no, I thought this was very creative, flowed well. I just, I just really like this match. And this is the thing. Like, it was just such a clash of styles, clash of sizes, that this match is, like, you didn't know how good or bad it was going to be just because, like, it felt like everyone, every competitor brought their own thing to this match. Absolutely, yeah. Some power, some speed, whatever Orange Cassidy is and does. Liked it. Uh, number 84, the match where Thunder Rosa was crowned champion, defeating Dr. Britt Baker DMD in a steel cage. That was also from St. Patrick's Day Slam, which we mentioned before on this show. March 16th. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Thunder Rosa and her reign. Say the joke. Say it again. Yeah, yeah, this was the peak, and it was all downhill from here. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. But this match was great. It was great. It was great. And it's not over. Thunder Rosa can still pick up the ball. Although, honestly, at this point, I put the title on Tony Storm or even Athena. Chris Statlander, I put it on someone else. I wouldn't put on Tony Storm. There's something about her right now. There's just something off about Tony Storm right now. Maybe you turn Tony heel? <laughs> you know, it's after so all, yeah, after all the bitching we did on NXT about them turning Tony heel, but maybe. But here's the thing: now you have this thing where it's like, you know, I feel so dejected, rejected, and and done with wrestling. That fuck all you. I'm doing this for the paycheck. Yeah, maybe it would kind of work for for what we know about her character and stuff too. Uh, I don't know. I could see it. I could see it for sure. <laughs> I love that. Like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how quick you served that up. <laughs> It was a softball. Had to do it, buddy. Uh, match number 83 for the AEW world title, the much maligned hangman Adam Page Ray. And this was the main event of Revolution versus Adam Cole. This was 10 hours after the show started. <laughs> literally the next day. That's <laughs> uh, hilarious. Yeah, man. Yeah, lots of lots of professional wrestling to, to watch. on. But for day. me, this was the peak of the Battle of the Atoms. Uh, well, for me, it was not, my friend. No, it wasn't. We'll, we'll touch on but that But for later. me, it was the peak because after this, like I mentioned already, this is when they did the whole belt, I'm stealing the belt thing, and that that makes the champion look stupid nowadays. Yeah, it makes both people look stupid. I agree with what? you. I... What's the challenger achieving? What's he achieving? He's just, like, he's just Then being... he's so delusional. <laughs> 
Yeah, right, but that, isn't that a negative on him? I don't know. No, the challenger? Yeah. No, it's the same thing. He's, he's so cocky and delusional. It's the same thing as Carmelo Hayes being goaded into a five-person ladder match. All right. Or Carmelo Hayes' ego being stroked so much that he signs a contract without him knowing. <laughs> that he signs a contract on a basketball. All right, I'll accept there that. Were pa- <laughs> there were papers. There were papers. That's fair. There were papers. All right, Boris, I accept your terms. So coming up next, match number 82 and 81. Two matches from Stardom World, the top March 27th, 2022. So the first match, Asaya Kamatani versus Tam Nakano, which is more of a more of a cruiserweight style, light heavyweight style battle. Match number 81, Siuri versus Mayu Iwatani, more of your classic main event style wrestling match here. So it definitely like stardom. If you're not if you're not into the stardom, if you haven't been watching much stardom, definitely check it out. Lots to enjoy. And these were two excellent wrestling matches by four incredible athletes. And you will hear more of many of these names, more from stardom on this list. So that was number 82, Saya Kamatani versus Tom Tam Nakano, sorry. And number 81, Siuri versus Mayu Iwatani. Both of those matches from Stardom the Top, March 27th, 2022. Moving on, we're going to match number 80. Boris, this one's for the Ring of Honor television title. Your promotion, Ring of Honor. Your boy, Samoa Joe, stepping in the ring versus Minoru Suzuki, the champion, and winning his damn title in the main event of AEW Dynamite, April 13th, 2022. Oh, it's so funny that you break this date up again. (laughs) Oh, man. Was this the 13th? It was yet yeah, uh, April thirteenth, two thousand twenty-two. Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe. Yes, I think I was for some reason at home. It was around Easter time. Yeah, was, I was. I was up in Sudbury watching this match for sure. So crazy. Yeah, it was the thirteenth. Oh damn! What crazy. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, uh, Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki. They just beat the crap out of each other. Just a brilliant match. More Minoru Suzuki at number seventy-nine versus Tomohiro Ishii. In Windy City, this was New Japan Windy City Riot, a classic pure Reisu match in uh, in Chicago. Good stuff here. And that's the thing, right? So we've seen this match a million one times. We've seen the, we will see this match a million and one more times. But I feel like this match was good and special because they did it stateside, and I feel like they wanted to showcase what strong style and what these two specifically can do. Yeah, big time. And they did. They had a brilliant wrestling match. It was everything you needed it to be. They hit each other real hard, told a good story, and one man won with a decisive finish. So nothing to hate about that one. Check it out if you haven't. And if you still want need more Minoru Suzuki on your plate, in your breakfast bowl, throw on some Minoru Suzuki versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Maybe sprinkle a little bit of that on there. GCW Devil in a New Dress. That was April 10th. Minoru Suzuki versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Suzuki versus the karate kid boris this is great stuff yeah exactly um yeah what more can you say about this match like it's it, it's one of those matches where it's it's not even a clash of styles it's, it's so technical and so tough that it's a whole different style of wrestling. It's like it's like Speedball proving himself to the veteran. You know what I mean? It's it's him showing that he does work his style. It's showing that he belongs in the strong style, right? No, that's exactly it. It's just so freaking funny. 
Yeah, it's just like, so yeah. All right, so ne- coming up next, number 77 and 76, back-to-back jacks from, from Blake Christian, former NXT superstar, former boyfriend of Cora Jade, or perhaps still current boyfriend of Cora Jade. Jury's out on that. Anyway, so these are both great matches, but it's Blake Christian in the indies. He's uh he's he's sowing his wild oats. It's it's him doing every he's in his wild oats. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, man. Well, no, it's him doing every wrestling move that he's ever seen or known. These are two very indie rific matches from a guy who's got the shackles off of WWE, if you will. So I thought uh, I I think these are excellent matches, but I would just like to see a little less, maybe. But anyway, so number seventy-seven, Blake Christian versus Speedball from GCW, the coldest winter. Number 76, Blake Christian versus Will Ospreay from Warrior Wrestling 21. Uh, So, yeah, my review of both of these matches are the same. Excellent matches went 10 minutes too long, way too much shit. It was everything. And we, you know, Warrior Wrestling is one of those promotions where I love the 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 look and the feel presentation. Yeah, the presentation. Perfect word. Uh, But sometimes it's I love indie wrestling. I really do. But at the same time. It's it, it can be a little too much. Yeah, yeah. Like not everything needs to be your WrestleMania main event kick out of every finisher twice. Like yeah. the match goes thirty. And I understand minutes. why you may want to just showcase that, right? Like as as a wrestler, but at the same time, like you know, for for now, it, it's not. Here's the thing about indie wrestling now: so much of it is available for you to watch. Yeah. So you don't have to do the same thing over and over and over. Agreed. And that's yeah, that's the problem. That's why I like this next match so much because I do feel like they pumped the brakes a little bit and tried to tell more of a story. And that's Kanosuke Takesh... Sorry, damn it. Uh, uh, Takeshita. Well, how the fuck do you pronounce his first name, though? Kanosuke? Is it Kanosuke? It's, I think it's Kanosuke. Anyway, Takeshita, who is in AEW, who's fantastic, who wrestled Hangman Page. He's the new Okada. Tall, just good-looking kid. He's With, he's, the, with that... Uh, like aggression of Wheeler Yuta. Yes, exactly. So Konosuke Takeshita versus Speedball Mike Bailey from West Coast Pro, 93 till infinity. Uh, this match was pretty recently, June 10th. A great match, and they slowed down the pace a little bit. They 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 worked. They told the story. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Deep, random question. Do you have a count of how many times a specific wrestler shows up on the list? I sure do, buddy. Oh, Those are coming yeah. at the end. You know no, I, I fucking, yeah. But, I'm asking for a specific reason. Buddy, I'm I'm a statistician straight up like Tony Khan. The only difference between me and Tony Khan is- Billions uh, of dollars? Literally billions. So many dollars. <laughs> And, and awkward hugs. Yeah, yeah. I'm way more awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I hug so many people. No, no. I, I think I'm a. I think I'm a better performer than Tony Khan. I'm less awkward socially. He's certainly richer Dude. and will live a far better life than I. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Seeing Tony Khan live, him coming out like before and after Dynamite, he's so awkward. So awkward. He's so awkward. Oh my god! Absolutely. But you know what? We love Tony Khan. I love Tony Khan. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I w- I've said this so many times. I like him and respect what he's done for the wrestling industry. But he's still part of the NFL machine and the NFL factory. That's a really good point. That's an excellent point. I'm just saying, like, yeah, he saved wrestling, in my opinion. Like, the actual art form on a a grand scale. But, you know, the the love that he has for his superstars, I see the way that he has treated, has gone on Twitter, talking about some of his NFL stars. Hmm. 
And Big Swole. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Match number 74. We're going to move to NXT briefly for the NXT North American title. Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes. This was from In Your House. Pretty good match here. Great, I would say. Yeah, this is a great match. And what I liked about this match is that, yeah, a very strong argument could be put as to why Carmelo Hayes was going to win. But there was still that... I don't know who's going to win factor to it, which to me is a huge thing in professional wrestling. Having said that, if you can pull off a fantastic match where the where the result is not in doubt, I give that match that much more credit. Yeah, that's true. Which goes back to our four pillars and the way that you and I rate matches. That's very uh, that's interesting, man. Yeah, this one, it, there was that shred of doubt just because Cameron Grimes won the title for his daddy. He won the title for his father who passed away, so he was just going to lose it immediately? Really? And the answer was yes. He was just going to lose it immediately. Really? The only way that he would have lost this match quicker is if it was in North Carolina. (laughs) For sure, yes, exactly. To punish his friends and family for showing up in the first place. Um, So, yeah, so that was number 74. Brilliant wrestling match. Number 73 and 72, we got two coming up from the NXT UK brand. From the Mustache Mountain Saga. So the first match is the Triple Threat Tag Team Match, where Mustache Mountain officially lose the tag team titles. It is Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter versus D-Familia of Rohan Raja and Teoman versus the champions Mustache Mountain of Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. So that was from June 2nd, 2022. Uh, the next match, that was that was number 73. The next match, number 72, two out of three falls for the tag team titles. This is from April 21st. It was Mustache Mountain versus Carter and Smith. This is one where Trent Seven cheated to win to hold on to these titles desperately, like the no good heel he turned out to be. So yeah, 73 and 72, two great matches in the Mustache Mountain saga that has unfolded this year. Yeah. Oh, what a good saga it's been. Really good long-term storytelling. So, remind me and our listeners, when did Mustache Mountain actually lose the titles? Just recently. What was the, it was yeah, the yeah, triple threat recently, match? What yeah. match like, was it? It was uh, June 2nd, 2022 in the triple threat tag team match. It, it was a triple threat or a... It, yeah. yeah, it wasn't a two-on-three. No, they yeah. won the two-on-three. Yeah. So, this is the point that I'm trying to make. I just wanted to make that point very clear. Even I knew the answer, but the reason why <laughs> yeah. I, I theoretically asked that was because I just thought of this right now. Even in a loss, there was that balance of that third team to make that loss to make Trent Seven look like that much more of a dickhead. True. Yeah, absolutely. And it was perfect storytelling like the whole time. Like we knew where it was building to a breakup, but it wasn't just like tag team our friends and then three weeks later they start feuding and then two weeks after that they've broken up and then Big Cass is wrestling Enzo on pay-per-view for some reason. You know what I mean? Like it was actually like a story. Did he actually wrestle Enzo or was that, wasn't he in the Shark Tank? Oh yeah, was with, he? Either? Against Big Show? I don't know. That's a really, I'm sure he wrestled Enzo at some point. I don't know if they actually did on pay-per-view though. I feel like they did. I feel like they had a pay-per-view match. By the way, this is totally right. We shouldn't be bringing this up at this point. But, you know, uh, uh, the big Royal Rumble for MLW happened, right? Oh, the Battle Riot? Battle Riot. Oh, shit, it. yeah. You know, Jacob Fatu faced Enzo. Really? Yeah. 
Who won? Oh, that was a bad. We'll we'll talk about oh, that when we when it airs. Oh my. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I actually don't want to. And know. D, here's a fun part. You know, Parker Bordeaux debuted for MLW. Oh, that's cool. I like it. Harlan. Him and his two moves. <laughs> well, hey, that's fine. All right. So that was number seventy three and seventy two. Uh, Mustache Mountain story. Very good. We've said this before. They need to put Trent Seven versus Tyler Bate at Clash of the Castle. We might be you. Here's the thing: we might be the only people talking about NXT UK. <laughs> Listen to us. We want to watch that in a stadium setting. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. It will work out for all of you. Put that and Noam Dar versus whoever. Probably, hopefully, a Welshman, which would be Mark Andrews. I would think. Yeah, and I'm and Charlie Dempsey versus. Anyone. Yes. Or Charlie Dempsey versus Noam Dar. Give Charlie Dempsey Welsh status oh. for a second. <laughs> oh my God. That would be unfreaking real. Anyway, going back to the whole like the whole transcendent thing, and this is the point I was trying to make. This has been a story, and this is so rare in WWE, and this is how you know that like the powers that be haven't poisoned NXT <laughs> UK. And that is this has been probably the best example of long-term storytelling in WWE. In decades. Honestly, that I can remember, I might be wrong about this, but it's the best long-term story in WWE that I can remember since Triple H and Batista. Yeah. Honestly, is. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so hats off to NXT UK. It's our favorite hour of WWE every single week. Number 71 and 70. It's a John Moxley two-pack, homie. So number 71 is Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. Number 70 is Moxley versus Kyle O'Reilly, both from Dynamite. You know, it's kind of funny that these two matches are back-to-back, and they didn't click when we actually went through the list because we're almost at that point. (laughs) This was the point. That was the last match we talked about. Kyle O'Reilly and Daniel Garcia are basically almost the same Pokemon. That's They're very, very similar ground-based Pokemon for sure. Um, Daniel Garcia is a better promo. He's got more personality. Kyle O'Reilly is a better wrestler right now. Cool guy Kyle. Even cool guy Kyle. Daniel Garcia is a better (laughs) I really did not have much time Mandarin for cool Cassidy. You, man, that, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, like the small can of mandarins you get with like that weird syrup and three different slices of the mandarin. The fruity? Yes, he's tutti fruity Cassidy. Oh, this is what happens when we've been recording for three hours. <laughs> Jesus. We're only halfway through, buddy. So this not is even halfway not through. even, no. But this is the final match in our four star tier. So everything after this match is four and a quarter or above. So this match right here is the bar for four stars. You know what's impressive? What's that? We have literally taken the same amount of time. Oh, wow. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm looking at the time. Like, I have the recording in front of me. That is And weird. I know how long the first one took. And I'm looking right now. I'm like, oh, it's literally where we took a break. Very, very strange. We're going to take another break right after this from Double or Nothing, the most underrated match on that show. Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly, your boy. Kyle O'Reilly, honestly, one of the best wrestlers out there. If he had a smidgen, a skosh, a <laughs> a sprinkling of, of of more charisma, he would be like just top bill. Yeah, man. Something's just yeah. But he's still excellent. He's still an absolutely excellent wrestler, a silent killer. He's he's maybe our generation's Dean Malenko. Ooh. 
never thought of it no. that way. I well, yeah, you know what? Yes. 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 That's what yes. it is. The Iceman, Kyle O'Reilly. He still has more charisma than Dean Malenko. He does. He's way, way more charismatic. But, but apparently, in real life, Dean Malenko's this hilarious, like, charming guy. But he's just, he's the Iceman on camera. Yeah. I can see that, honestly. Like, I totally understand that. Now, bang on. All right, we're going to take a break. Going to take a breath outside. It's like, seriously. <laughs> but uh, we will be right back. You can take a break, too. But the the four and a quarter star matches are coming up next, boys. All right, after a quick break, we are back. We are re-energized. We are refused. Refueled. Refueled. I'm re- I, oh, sorry. I'm refused. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, but we are uh, collectively refueled by the great people at Great Lakes Brewery. Fiercely independent. A fiercely independent brewery for a fiercely independent podcast. Big homie. Yeah. Let's go. go. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Great Lakes, for keeping us hydrated for this thing. It's absolutely amazing. And we're so blessed to have any sponsor at all here on this thing. I love it. Let's keep going, big homie. Number 68, four and a quarter stars. Now, this isn't just a... Or sorry, this isn't just A minus, it's A. It's an important distinction. It's not just 80%, it's 85. In the Canadian grading system, you remove that A minus and you don't have to explain anything to your parents anymore. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that is pretty much how life went. All right, let's get to it because this is now, we're at a point where everything is new to me again. Yes, yes, sir. Here we go. Number 68. CM Punk versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman won AEW Dynamite February 2nd. So, incredible match. Some flaws within my opinion went a little too long and the Wardlow stuff was way past played. And they just played the Wardlow card again. And to me, it was just a very disappointing, almost cop-out ending. It would pay off later, but for this particular match, it hurt it, in my opinion, big time. Like, like hurt it a lot. Yeah, exactly. I think the, what hurt it most is that it was just too long. That's fair. And it felt like it, it was just repeating the same formula when they came, like when it came to the Wardlow stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It just had already, in my opinion, far past run its course. Like it ran its course months ago, and to just see it again felt, for lack of a better term, Boris, like a WWE ending in this awesome AEW wrestling match. So that's what I didn't like about it. Uh, it was it was a brilliant piece of work between two of the most intelligent wrestlers alive, two of the best storytellers ever, 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 ever in the professional wrestling business. And I'm including MJF in that, ever. If you include, like, if you think of the earthquakes, the typhoons who have wrestled in the business, MJF's one of the greatest storytellers ever in wrestling, ever. I don't give a <laughs> shit what anybody says. All right. All right. <laughs> Numbers, and we know CM Punk is, anyway. Number 67 and 66, it's a WWE two-pack, so WWE title. Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns from the Royal Rumble. A great match with a bullshit cop-out WWE ending. Oh, this match was so fucking good. And what it's the psychology of the character of Seth, Seth Rollins, where, where it's like, 
the fact that he came out in the shield garb and yeah, everything. so good. That was just... Seth's trolling heel gear is is great. It's the best part of his character. What's better, this one or number two? Well, I guess we'll talk yeah, about we'll when talk we get to number it, two. Yeah. This one was good, but the the the, la- the one later on our list. I just love the fact I know where exactly. Yeah, anyway, where it is. Uh, just that one match too. I think it's the only one you know. I, I think we spoiled it for anyone who knows what we're talking about. But that's fine. We'll get there when we get there. So number sixty-seven was Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns Royal Rumble. 2022, that was January 29th. Match number 66, number Mario Lemieux, a triple threat match for the Raw women's title from Hell in a Cell. Asuka versus Becky Lynch versus Bianca. This match slapped. It was great. And I loved the storytelling of this match, which was Becky kept trying to fuck Bianca over. Bianca was was doing good stuff, usually against Asuka, sometimes against Becky herself. And then Becky would find a way to to throw Bianca out of the ring to, to pull heel shenanigans. And then finally, when Becky Lynch had the match won against Asuka, Bianca threw her out of the ring and pinned Asuka with ease. And I thought that was awesome. Just a okay. fabulous finish. Here's the thing. You said Bianca and, and Becky, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. You know exactly where I'm going with this. Yes, I do. And for me, the MVP of the match was that third person in Asuka and that is what made this match so good. Yes, exactly. I didn't even mention Asuka and she was fabulous in this match too. She was almost an afterthought in the booking but she was so great that if you actually watched a second of this match she couldn't be an afterthought as you said. She was the MVP. And the best part of this is like and this goes to credit the performers and the people who put the pay-per-views together, premium live events. And that's the fact that we watched this match. We were so blown away. We were nervous about the rest of the card. Yes, actually, it wasn't. Uh, it could have been a hit or a miss, but I feel overall it was kind of a hit. Like, Helen, it's always a good show. So anyway, that was number Mario Lemieux, number 66. Moving on, number 65. Recently, this match happened. Andrade El Idolo versus Ray Fenix. This was their pay-per-view match that they didn't get to have on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Yeah, this match was awesome. This is what I need to see from Andrade. Yeah, man. This is the Andrade that's actually better than Santos Escobar. Yeah, there you go. All, all Andrade's are, but <laughs> I grant you. I grant you. I know we, we've had that debate before, Boris, so we'll have it again. Uh, I'm not even going to start <laughs> right now. But yeah, um, this is this is what I want to see from Andrade, especially his connection with Rush. Yes. You know, like that's really what I, what I want to see more in Andrade. Like just drop, like I, I was saying this on the Rampage Ramble and that's, you know, the fact that they're highlighting what, he's worse that is concerning for me that's totally fair man that is out of the wwe playbook not the hopefully tony khan playbook not the ecw we're we're still writing his playbook we're still writing his playbook that's extremely well put my friend all right number 64 and i don't want to throw too much shade at dave Meltzer on this list i really don't i love dave Meltzer's work he's friend of the show here at saturday sunday night's main event as we've said a number of times but this is the craziest five stars that he's ever given out ever this is not a five-star match. It is a great wrestling match, but it was the tag team match from the from the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks on Rampage, June 3rd, 2022. Dave gave this five stars, dude. I know. It's like the 17th Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks tag team match. They've had way better matches in PWG. They've had way better matches in AEW. It was great. They're great. Of course, they're going to have a great match, but five stars? Man, I don't know. I don't think so. Not me. I don't know. But but hey, I'm glad that Dave loved it, and I thought it was great, and you should go check it out yourself and tell me uh, what you think. Yeah, no, you, you you basically said anything I would have, and I couldn't <laughs> put it so eloquently put. 
<laughs> eloquent is one word for it. This is another match that's gotten a lot of love. It was a brilliant spot fest, but it was just a lot of spots, and some of them weren't that great. <laughs> you know what I love? The fact that somehow it sounded like we are criticizing <laughs> yeah, these right. matches. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is an incredible. Let me start again. A brilliant, beautiful spot fest. This was awesome, and everyone looked great. So this was a fatal five-way match from Triple Mania. So it was Bandito versus El Hijo del Vikingo versus Laredo Kid versus Ray Fenix versus Taurus. And this was an awesome friggin' spot fest from the most recent Triple Mania show, June 18th. Yeah, and then you look, we've seen this match play out a lot of times at this point. And you know what? These guys are fantastic in the ring, but like you said, it's a spot fest. So in our list and how we rate matches, it's got that ceiling, right? Yeah, that's it's kind of where I just thought it belonged. But at the same time, the athletic achievements on display in this match like the highlights the the top 10 spots of this match are you can stack them among the top 10 spots in any spot fest ever and they're as athletic as breathtaking but there's a lot of downtime a lot of bullshit a lot of nonsense and a lot of botching so it was it was great for what it was though yeah exactly so here's a spot fest that had more of a story and in my opinion was inarguably a better wrestling match though just by just by hair but it was better and this was the triple threat match from impact wrestling rebellion ace austin versus speedball mike bailey versus trey miguel this was another beautiful unique spot fest with some things i've never seen before in a wrestling ring yeah exactly like this match was excellent this is one of those like impact matches that you really do have to check out even though you should be checking out Impact again at this point. Like, I think they're doing such a good job overall. At least their pay-per-views. I think the pay-per-views have earned yes. our time. If you yes. the, you can find the the week-to-week show boring maybe a little bit. And uh, I, I think it's good. And whenever I watch it, it, I enjoy it. But yeah, you can find it boring. And if you don't like intergender wrestling, there's a little bit of that on Impact Wrestling. But uh, the, the Impact Wrestling pay-per-views at this point, I feel like they always deliver. They're really good. So that was number 62. Match number 61. It's a trios match. The winning team gains advantage for blood and guts. It's from Forbidden Door. Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Yuta versus Lay Sex Gods of Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara and their tag team partner, Minoru Friggin Suzuki. I love that. I love the fact that we can put those three names in one team. It's crazy. It's amazing. I thought this match was great. Shota looked so yep. good in this he match. Did. It was a breakout performance for Shota, but all six guys looked good. This was just an awesome. This opened the pay-per-view, I believe, and yep. it was just a brilliant opener. Look, so good. Here's the thing about this match. Like, If you're a casual viewer who out of the 125,000 people who bought the pay-per-view, yeah. like I throw that news bit in. Yeah, that was good. It was just slipped right, it in you. there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it was a fun match, an entertaining match. For uh, for like the hardcores, there was so much story behind some of these combinations that like it just it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we don't know too much about every time, right? We, we you just can't watch everything under the wrestling sun. Actually, I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But for now, let's go to match number 60, men's NXT UK title here. So this was Roderick Strong versus your boy Ilya Dragunov. This is from the April 7th edition of NXT UK. This match was a war. Roderick Strong with a guy who moves just as fast, hits just as hard in Ilya Dragunov. And this was the Mortal Kombat mirror match. This was so great. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I don't like you. That was 
perfect term, perfect <laughs> video game term too. Um, yeah, this match was really freaking good, and I feel like you know it's a good reminder that how good in ring Roderick Strong is. We forget we sleep on Roddy Strong, but he's one of the greats in the wrestling ring. You can't fuck with him. He's so goddamn good. All right, so match number 59 and 58. These are matches that I don't have a lot of context for, and if I did have more context, I would probably like more. So match number 59 is our Pro Wrestling Noah match of the year. Match number 58 is our DDT match of the year. So 59, Goshi Ozaki versus Katsuhiko Nakajima. That was from uh, Pro Wrestling Noah the New Year, the very first day of the year, January 1st, 2022. Match number 58 is Takeshita, Konosuke Takeshita versus Tetsuya Endo. That is from the 25th anniversary show of DDT. Uh, also an excellent match. So these were just awesome, hard-hitting pro uh, pro wrestling battles, like the, the strong style, if you will, like pure wrestling matches in front of people who weren't allowed to cheer. You know what I mean? And they went 35, 40 minutes. And as, as brilliant as the work rate was... It gets hard to watch. Like, at some point, like, if I don't... You know what I mean? I can be a huge wrestling fan, and I, I definitely recognize the amazing level of work that was here, but I just... I You can only rank it so high when it's a 45-minute match of two guys hitting each other really hard, right? Like, I just... It, it, you know, it can be a tough to hook you with... Uh, when you don't know the story, with no crowd especially. With no crowd especially. No, that's exactly it. Um, and it, but you know, again, I'm, I we don't mean to make these sound like criticisms or trying to justify why it's not higher mainly. Yeah, exactly, uh, you know, exactly. But, but this is the thing, right? Like this, these matches are great highlights of the difference that is New Japan Pro Wrestling against basically anyone else at this point. I feel like New Japan is so different from the regular Japanese yeah. style that. You know, th- these are good reminders, right? And like you said, it 45 minutes of people just like forearming each other in the middle of the ring. Yeah, or or in the case of the Takeshita match, like there's spectacular moves too, but it's just moves upon moves upon moves. Breathtaking collection of moves. But just to me, it, without knowing much of the backstory or anything, it's just moves and moves and moves with very little story or rhyme or reason or anything to my uneducated yeah. white American Canadian foolish eyes, right? So There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, great matches. Yeah. And if we had more context, might be higher. At the same time, goes to show you like the styles clash of you know what we would rate top five versus. Absolutely, and I'm I'm so willing to learn more context. I wish I had that context, and you know maybe one day I will. Maybe one day I'll be deep into DDT or Noah. Who knows? Anyway, so those were uh, 59 and 58, I believe. Right? Yes, 59 and 58. Moving on to number 57. Another ladder match from AEW, but a spectacular, spectacular match. The Young Bucks win the tag team titles from Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Dynamite Road Rager, June 15th. Yeah, this match was awesome. I really enjoyed this match. Love the ending um, of the match itself. Yes. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, the, the closing angle, when we talk about our four pillars, perfect example of the, it's the overall 
presentation. Yeah, storytelling, the whole situation. Like, this is the match where Christian turns on Jungle Boy, and that's part of it. That does matter to us. I think that's part of it. I really do. And if you disagree, that's fine. You know what I mean? But I do think, like, the fans will remember that. Like, that's when you watch this clip, if you were to get a file on Napster or Kazaa. Or LimeWire. Exactly. They would show the turn in the clip. It's part of the match. And then you also get a virus because <laughs> you use least, Napster or LimeWire or Kazaa. At least one, buddy. Uh, yeah, your, your dial-up is screwed. Uh, geez, <laughs> AOL would be upset with you. Number 56. This is, in my opinion, the best Adam v. Adam match in the feud. It was the Texas death match from Rampage. Adam Cole versus Hangman on the page. Boris, you are aggressively shaking I your head. I did not like this match. Didn't feel it, eh? No, I wasn't feeling it. No. Like, would it make a top 200 list? Maybe. Maybe. But not a, one, not a top 122. Not I'm a sorry. top 56? Yeah. No, not a top 56. I'm going to have to... Just, just throw on the the I don't Pump know. Pump the brakes on that one. Hey, I thought it was good. It wasn't even his best Texas Death match, Adam Cole or Adam Pages. But I thought this was this was the the best match of the feud, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. All right, but an even better weapons match, Boris number fifty five from Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. Shockingly good match. Monsters Ball Moose versus Sammy Callahan. Okay, we. For sure, bump this match up a whole half rating because they did the gimmick before. <laughs> they actually did the old Monsters Ball TNA gimmick where the old story of these matches was it was a hardcore match, but it wasn't just a hardcore match, Boris. For the 24 hours before the match, you were locked in a room with no food, no water, no light, and this is an underrated part, no bathroom. They don't tell you that, but it's true. Anyway, and then you immediately go to the ring once your 24 hours are up, you fight this match you bleed you get hit with weapons and presumably you are at your most insane yeah. anyway it's so dumb just absolutely cheesy pro wrestling but it's the best kind of cheesy pro wrestling I love it and I love that they actually brought the gimmick back for this match too yeah exactly I, I that, that bumped it up a score but honestly like Moose like they took some unprotected shots. They did some like not insanely crazy stuff, but crazy Pretty crazy enough. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Moose took a crazy bump. There was yeah, not unprotected chair shots, but unprotected garbage can shots. Yeah. Which like still still it's there's no need for it in 2022. But yeah, a spectacular, a war, a hardcore match and it's like I find death matches too much to stomach, but this is like a uh, this is like a family friendly death match, you know? Like it was like a PG thirteen death match. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I would think that blood and guts is was a little more uh, death matchy than this. Yeah, I would say even blood and guts. Well, it's it's pretty close. They're pretty neck and neck. There was some death matchiness to this. They were anyways. Go ahead. Uh, there was <laughs> blood and perhaps even a gut or two. Sammy Callahan. Anyway, no, no shade on Sammy Callahan. We both have some fucking monster guts, buddy. Anyway, number fifty-four. AEW tag titles. It's a triple threat tag team match from AEW Revolution. Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks. So this is funny. My my cousin Brad randomly was texting me during this match, and he's like a he's super casual wrestling fan. Watch maybe one or two shows a year. He texts me that this was the greatest tag team match he's ever seen in his life so if you're not used to the young bucks you know what i mean and you see them for the first time they might they might still blow your mind to me this was a very very good example of every young bucks match i've ever seen yeah no yeah i, I agree with you and you know it, that's 
the thing, man. Like they they are being exposed to a whole new audience, right? Yeah. Who don't know. Exactly. Well, this is the thing, man. So they play the greatest hits a lot. From time to time, they'll play the fucking greatest hits. But guess what? The Eagles' greatest hits is like the best-selling album of all time. Like, their greatest hits are incredible. They're so damn good. So because we've heard the album so many times, we become a little numb to it. But the Young Bucks are fucking great. Like, let's not sleep on it. Forbidden Door proved it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was number 54. Number 53, more of a straight-up 1v1. Another Kyle O'Reilly performance versus Jungle Boy in the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. This was a qualifying match. I love this match. Yeah, this match was freaking good. So good. Jungle Boy's singles push is going to be very good because, like... His singles matches always over deliver. I find like he had a great one with MJF in his career. He had a great one with Kenny Omega in his career. A great one with Dax Harwood. You know in what his it career. is when he ha- think about this. Every time he has a one on one match, yep. it's an event and it's got stakes. It's got That's a, what I mean. A reason, like, yeah, man. Think about it. Think of this. Like every time Jungle Boy has been featured on a one on one match, it's been featured. Eventually. Tony Khan's going to have to have one of these young guys actually beat the star. It might be Jungle Boy Jack Perry. He might he might be the one who gets a random title match on a random dynamite and fucking wins the title. Yeah. Oh yeah. I hope he is. I hope he is. He's he's a great wrestler, man. Uh yeah, if he can if this new post Jurassic Express character is any good, he could be a world champion. In oh, that, you know what? I think that's a thing. I right? take the time to retool him now. Yeah. To be that character that's going to beat Luchasaurus and then move to the main event. I almost said the words Babyface Shawn Michaels, but Babyface Shawn Michaels in 1995 was like the worst drawing champion ever. Actually, no, Diesel was champion in 1995. He was champion in 96, and business did start going up, although not much. But So Diesel is the worst drawing champion of all time. But yeah, so a better version of Babyface Shawn Michaels is the ideal goal for Jungle Boy, I think. The, the and I feel in terms like of character, humanized. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a jungle man, if you will. Number <laughs> number fifty two. Hangman Adam Page versus Takeshita Konosuke Takeshita from Wild Card Wednesday. This match fucking slapped. Takeshita rules. This was uh, had shades of Ric Flair versus Barry Windham. I, I feel like Takeshita has been compared to Barry Windham a lot because he's just all potential. Big kid doesn't know how good he is yet, and uh, great athlete. Sky's the limit for him. And, yeah, this yeah. match was awesome. Like this stands out. As one of those matches, his is like, you know, considering how much wrestling we watch in a year, in a week, in a month, whatever, this match, the fact that this stands out as one of those really good ones. Yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So that was 52. Number 51. This is one that was highly pimped to me. Some people might be upset that it's this low. Just outside the top 50, still an incredible wrestling match. Alex Shelley versus your boy. The Speedball, Mike Bailey, from Ya Promotion, Impact Wrestling. The multiverse of matches, Boris. April Fool's Day of this year. Hey, I love this match. I absolutely loved this match and the storytelling and everything. This this was a great match. It was a great match. It was an absolutely great match, and we're spoiled with great wrestling. A great match in a great year. Mm-hmm. Top 50 time, big homie. And we're going to start with WWE WrestleMania Backlash. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins 2 Backlash. Did, did this open the show? Yeah. Oh, there this you opened go. the show. Okay. So, yes, this is the best match on Backlash. Yeah. And it was great that two great matches 
uh, bookended the show at the end of the day. So, but this match was so good. And what I loved it, what loved the most about this match is the fact that it already had a bar set, right? Yeah. Like we need, like, and the WrestleMania match, a lot of people rated one of the better matches, right? Haven't heard it yet. <laughs> I just say. <laughs> so, you know, the fact that this match, a lot of people think is as good, if not better, or just slightly worse. Goes to show you I would, how good their trilogy was. I would say, like, if you're rating on the typical scale, like the the achievement, the moves, the 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 like figure skating scale, for lack of a better term, this match might have been better. It might have been a better match purely in the ring, but the spectacle of Cody Rhodes coming out of WrestleMania, as we will touch on later in the list, spoiler alert, was just too much <laughs> like to the bear worst with. Kept <laughs> <laughs> but that was number fifty, top fifty match: Cody versus Seth Rollins from Backlash. Number forty nine. From the Forbidden Door yet again. What an excellent show it was. Claudio Castagnoli versus Zack Sabre Jr. Second best match on the show. Silver medal match of the Forbidden Door show. Just a banger. Just a banger. Claudio is two for two. Top 50 matches this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then it's these matches might even I guess no one raises in ranking from mid year to end of year. I mean, if I hear a passionate argument or someone says rewatch this match, you're wrong. I definitely could. I could. Yeah, it's possible. But for you never sure. listen to me when it came to <laughs> exploding bullshit match from last that, year. Well, because that match was great, and you're wrong. It was not good. <laughs> it was not good. You're right. It wasn't good. It was great. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, exploding barbed wire, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, not on this list because it was on last year's list. But that was number 49 that we had just touched on, Boris. Claudio versus Zack Sabre Jr. Number 48, A-Kid versus Charlie Dempsey 2. A better technical match than Sabre versus Claudio. I ranked it here on purpose as a hot take. (laughs) It was Heritage Cup rules. Go watch NXT UK. It's the best hour of WWE all week, I promise you. And go watch a Heritage Cup match. And go watch a Charlie Dempsey match. But yeah, Heritage Cup is like, it's basically the old uh, World of Sport round system match where there's there's six three-minute rounds. It's two out of three falls. And it's like a more sport-like presentation than any other WWE match you will ever see in your life. Exactly. And, and these matches, like, they have six rounds and it's best two of three. But here's the thing, like, they tell so many different stories. Yeah, it's it's yeah. There's so many ways they can go with it, and they do explore different stories. And yeah, they're always good. They sometimes on only the champion wrestles in those matches, but this was a match where neither of the people were the champion. So exactly. I would like to see more Heritage Cup rules in NXT UK. Borderline, I could see all NXT UK matches being Heritage Cup rules. I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset if that. No, happened. exactly. All right, my friend, that was 48. Now we're entering a New Japan pack. So I have missed a couple New Japan shows. I haven't seen Don Taku yet, and there's a couple great matches. And I haven't seen, uh, was it Dominion? I also, yeah, I haven't seen Don Taku or Dominion or the best of the Super Juniors. So please bear that in mind. There are There's like an Ishii Tanahashi match that was great. I haven't seen a bunch of shit on the Super Juniors, haven't seen. So there are a couple, you know, spots that I will mop up for the January list. I'm only human, Boris. You know? All the commercials that are ever on television. Oh, my God. 
Uh, Number 47, the New Japan Cup round one, Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo Takagi. This was the New Japan Cup night three. It's Ishii versus Shingo, man. This match was great. So great. Oh, yeah. Like, these are basically, you know, one side of the coin and the other. Like, it's just so good. Just so good. Absolutely, yeah. Two hard-hitting motherfuckers (laughs) hitting... Each other's fucks hard. Mother. <laughs> yeah. Better than, be, I said that better than I could have said. <laughs> it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Absolutely. So that was 47. Ishii versus Shingo from the New Japan Cup. 46. Shingo versus Zack Sabre Jr. from the New Japan Cup. The New Japan Cup is underrated because people like lose their mind over the G1 all the time. But the New Japan Cup is their king of the ring. It's the single yep. elimination tournament. And it also produces excellent matches. Yeah, you know, I think we've like the ban lists have surely given it like oh, yeah. respect. Like, well, the because Japan, we watch it all, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Whew, I don't know if we can do well. We will for the G one, but like, yeah, yeah. Well, the G one's actually going to be easier this year because it's eighty seven matches or whatever instead of like two hundred. So it's yeah, not, yeah. The, the breaking it up has helped for us for nerds like us who want to watch it all. Um, yeah. Anyway. About it. Yes, exactly. Uh, number 40... <laughs> uh, that's funny. Number 45, uh, New Japan Cup, final four. Okada versus Naito. They, what, 7, 12, <laughs> 14? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, this match was really good. And they're like, there's, you know, maybe I feel like we've underrated this match because we've seen it so many times. Yeah, man. We have this expectation of it's going to be good no matter what. So I feel like this match... Hmm. It's hard. It's hard. Well, I'll tell you. Okay. So right, here's here's the uh, proof positive of your point. Here's what I have right here. 45, New Japan Cup Final Four, Okada versus Naito. 44, Okada versus Naito from New Year's Golden Series, where Okada defends his title versus Naito. Now, I these both are brilliant matches, and I know every time they work, they're, they're going to be awesome together. But I don't... Can you distinguish those matches between each other right now at this moment? Do you remember a single thing of either of them? No. Like, exactly. I do, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, I have a sense that they were great, and I, I promise you I watched them. I, I care so much about this list, and we, like, ranked them properly as best of my ability, and I could watch it again and give you a better, fresher update. But at this moment, three hours into this podcast, I don't have a single fucking memory of this match or the, the one that... Because it's Okada Knight. Yeah, because be it's good. Okado Naito 17 and 19, right? Exactly right. right. So uh, anyway, here's a match that I do have distinct memories of because it was Okada versus somebody who he doesn't wrestle every day. Okada versus Despi, El Desperado, New Japan Cup round one. This is number 43 on our list. It was a fucking banger. I love El Desperado. Oh, yeah. El Desperado is so freaking good. It's one of those guys. Like, this is the thing. I think, you know, we were talking about AEW having a glass ceiling. New Japan having (laughs) a glass ceiling. That's well put. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. But the man atop the ceiling deserves to be there, at least. Like, I can understand why they have Okada (laughs) as the champion. No, of course. But it's like one of those things, like, and it's our biggest criticism of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that is the fact that it's like they're almost afraid to take a risk. Well, like, look, Hiromu won the Best of Super Juniors again in a match that he probably should not have won over El Desperado, if I'm not mistaken, right? So this was probably the biggest match of El Desperado's career, and boy, did he deliver. And this was Okada working against a cruiserweight, Okada being the dominant. This was... uh. 
obviously Okada won this match, but this reminded me of a Scott Hall performance, you know, because he gave so much to him. Yeah. And Okada's so cool, so tall. It reminded me of Razor Ramon versus the one, two, three, kid in a way. Dude, but way hilarious. fucking better. I love that. I love that <laughs> comparison. Yeah, man. Thank you. Uh, moving on, number 42, the finals of this here New Japan Cup, Tetsuya Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. ZSJ wins the New Japan Cup, and then match number 41, Boris, immediately loses to Kazuchika Okada at New Japan Hyper Battle. So 42 Zack Sabre Jr. wins the New Japan Cup against Naito. 41 immediately loses his title shot to Okada. And 100% proves my point about New Japan not wanting to take a chance. <laughs> ah, Zack Sabre Jr. would be the world champion of my promotion if I was a booker. I'll tell you that much, buddy. Number 40. Stardom World Climax the best. Siri versus Julia. This match was a rematch from a match that we had, what, like 15 or 16 last yeah, year? Like, like super high last year. So these women are incredible. Siri is now the champion, the world of stardom champion. And uh, she is fending off the challenges of Julia, who is a fucking badass. This is MMA fighter versus badass woman here. No, exactly. And Julia, like... She she's my darling in stardom, like and like I mean that like as a and I don't as a wrestler, uh, platonic like, level, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like I I freaking love everything Julia does in ring, and the you know I, it's hard to get a bad match out of her like in the big stage mm-hmm. for sure. She's uh, I'm trying to think of a pro comp like for someone who only watches American wrestling. I guess she's like a Beth Phoenix type. Yeah. Julia is. Uh, so here's another Julia match. World of Stardom title from uh, the first... Uh, sorry, this is January 29th, 2022. It's her World of Stardom match versus Mayu Iwatani. This match was an absolute banger. It uh, it slapped. This is the match that set up the draw. The, the, sorry, this was the draw that set up the two-night show so the only reason why I didn't rank it 20 spots higher is because we've seen too many draws in stardom and overall in wrestling I think but especially in stardom they often do draws to set up like a match and it's kind of cliche like you can kind of predict that this one was going to the 30 minute draw and it did well it's similar to the Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson and uh, Adam Page right yes we, we called it Dan and I called it and I agree with you. This is a gimmick that's now being a little too overdone. I think so. But yeah, it's a minor nitpick because this was a fucking battle and these women are goddamn badasses and it ruled. So that was number 39. Match number 38. It's the Dax Harwood pack, Boris. The first one, CM Punk versus Dax Harwood, March 23rd. A banger. 37, Dax Harwood versus Cash Wheeler. FTR explodes to qualify for the Owen Hart tournament. A banger. And number 36, Dax Harwood versus Adam Cole in the Owen Hart tournament. I love this match. And I'm actually looking at this list, and this is one that I might watch again in Bob Bob 10 spots. This is why they... Dax is my number one wrestler of the year. Right Dax now. is so goddamn good. He is so good. So this is three straight four and a quarter star matches on our list. Dax versus CM Punk from March 23rd. Dax versus Cash Wheeler from April 27th. And Dax versus Adam Cole from May 11th. He's been doing it all year, buddy. He's been doing it all year. Yep. One of the best wrestlers alive today, Dax Harwood. Yep, and it's crazy to think that not only does he have a promising singles career, but he's a part of one half of the best tag team of the year. Of the year. That's that's crazy. So good, man, so good. So yeah, Dax Dax versus Cash, uh, the Owen Hart qualifier, that was Brett versus Owen. Dax versus Adam Cole, that was Brett versus Shawn Michaels. 
Just wanted to make that clear to anybody who is, you know, crossing their T's and dotting their I's out there. Number 35, Boris. We're going back to NXT. Stand and deliver. This has to be the NXT match of the year. It's the ladder match for the North American title. uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes versus Grayson Waller versus Santos Escobar versus Solo Sokoa Baby Use. Yeah, this match was awesome. And for me, man, Grayson Waller, just the way that he threw himself and didn't even protect his body to go through ladders and oh, like man. oh my god he's yeah Grayson Waller if he stays healthy is gonna be a star but he's he's in these cage and ladder matches he's taking he some goes, crazy bumps yeah he goes he he thinks he's a Kevin Owens Jeff Hardy po- he, Pokemon he's got a little bit of that KO that Jeff Hardy in him eh he really does man he got a little bit of that Darby Allen in him yep. speaking of the devil Number 34, your boy Andrade El Idolo versus Darby Allen from Dynamite, March 30th. They had a long ma- a long feud, rather. This was the best match in the feud, in my this, opinion, by this, like a wide margin. This is the regular match, right? This not, is, not, yeah. the, not the final match. No, they, yeah, exactly. This is the regular match. Yeah. I think this might have been the blow-off. I'd have to go through the entire No, the blow-off was the casket match. Fair. Okay, so it was not... The casket match does not make our list, although it was very good. This was just a regular match, but it was the best match in the feud. Yeah, that I wanted to make sure it was the one that I'm thinking of. And yeah, this match was so good. And this is what I mean. When you put Andrade in the scope of what he's good at, highlight what he's good at, he, the sky's the limit. The yeah. sky's the limit. 100% agree. Okay, this match right here, number 33. This is going to be a fun one. I don't even know if you've ever seen this match, but this is the hardest match for me to rank in the entirety of the list. Michael Oku versus Will Ospreay from Rev Pro. So the story of this match, it was a fantastic match. The story of this match is that Will Ospreay is a dirty, dastardly heel, and he's beating up Michael Oku in front of his parents and his wife, and he's taunting them the whole time. And then what happens is Will Ospreay beats the shit out of this kid and wins. Yeah. And I think it's the wrong kind of heat. I think it's. I think this was Vince Russo. I think this no, was this NWO. No, this is Vince McMahon heat. Exactly. This, this is, is. I'm gonna kick your ass at home in front of your family. That's what I mean. Like objectively, it was a storytelling that was pretty compelling. But it was just like, what's the story here? Like this guy's a, a, a loser and a bitch. And what's the payoff? Exactly. So, is he gonna go to Will Osprey's home and like and beat him up? Is he gonna actually vanquish this guy, or was it just done to get Will Osprey some heel heat? So I've heard this called like the best storytelling match of the year. I thought the story was kind of bad and made Michael Oku look like a little bitch. Like if this match happened in 1985, 86, it would have ended Michael Oku's career. Ended it. We all know wrestling's fake. We all know it's just a story. But like, if this guy got beaten up and brutalized and lost in front of his wife and and parents, the way that and he gamma. did, sorry, and gamma. <laughs> yes, I don't you can't know. lose in front of gamma. <laughs> What's gamma? I don't know. Grandma. Oh, it was Gam Gams was there too. Yeah. I forgot Gam Gams was there. I thought it was some kind of uh, anime joke for some reason that you were making. Ouch. <laughs> Anyway, Boris, uh, just a great match, but I just, I don't know, like, he was completely and totally emasculated by big, bad Bill Ospreay. He was embarrassed. His family was embarrassed. His girl was traumatized by the letter of the law assaulted in this match, and then Oku loses embarrassingly while all of his loved ones look on from the front row. Fucking cool. 
You know? Okay. Huh? <laughs> so like, This is was, the most Vince McMahon booking ever. Very, very tough match to rate because it was like, it was great, but at the same time, I think you might have killed Michael Oka's career. But here's the thing, like, right? Like, we, we were talking about payoff. Like, and, and a perfect example of payoff, as much as I hate it because Toronto took a, a lick in on this one, it's literally in SummerSlam when Edge beats John Cena in Boston. Yeah. And then a month later, you know, it, it's returned where Edge beats... Uh, Edge or, loses, sorry, John yeah. Cena beats Edge in Toronto. in Toronto. So if if there's a if in a year or six months or ever again Michael Oku wrestles Will Ospreay and avenges this loss, maybe I'll have to go back to this, and maybe I'll I'll, I'll be proven wrong. But I don't think that this is like it's not like I've ever seen a promo in the ensuing six months between them. It's not like I've heard word one about the feud or the build. It's not like Will Ospreay has ever mentioned Will uh, Michael Oku again. I think he just emasculated this man and beat the fuck out of him in front of his family. So cool. Cool. Good for you, Will. Big big W for Big W. <laughs> <laughs> I love how upset this makes you. <laughs> I, I'm pretty upset about it. I just like, maybe I'm just traumatized from NWO and WCW and Vince Russo, but like, it's kind of why I dislike the Young Bucks too. Like, I don't like a heel who will not get his comeuppance. That just renders all of wrestling pointless. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. Like, if you look at wrestling in its most basic, basic point of view, good guy will always triumph exactly. over bad guy. And that's why that's why I hated the uh, Donald Trump presidency. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Match number 32, Windy City Riot. John Moxley versus Will Ospreay. Uh, another banger from Chicago. A better Will Ospreay match because he didn't emasculate John Moxley in front of Renee. <laughs> or did he? <laughs> yeah, no, no I, I'm pretty sure he didn't. No, no, no. In the match. <laughs> yes, in the match, yeah, By people. God. By God. Anyways, um, it's that time of night. But, yeah, so Will Ospreay, man. Like, him and Moxley... There's such different styles no. that these matches, in my opinion, with these two, can just make it work. Actually, yeah, man, it's like it could go one of two it's, ways, it's but the it opposite. clicks. It's yeah. the opposite. It, yeah, it's 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 what what we just said: styles clash versus styles contrast. Right? Was that in this one or the one we cut? Anyway. <laughs> It is a contrast, not a clash of styles. Shout out Big Vinny V, uh, the inspiration for this podcast in a lot of ways. All right, so that was number 32. Match number 31, Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay, the best match on Forbidden Door. Yes. Yes. Uh, Four and a quarter stars, not a classic. I heard a lot of people say there were like three or four classic matches on, on Forbidden Door. There were zero classic matches on Forbidden Door. It was a great show full of four-star and four-quarter-star matches. Excellent, great matches that you will not bounce your child on your knee and tell them about in a generation. Yeah, pretty much. Um, this match was great. Great. And, and, and I'm trying to, like, I don't want to backtrack on anything I said before. Mm-hmm. And I won't. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> no, but like, I I always said this match is going to be good in ring, but it could have been better in terms of name recognition. Oh, big time. But hey, man, I've said it before. I will say it again gladly, happily to anyone who's listening. Orange Cassidy is my favorite wrestler. I'm not saying he's the best wrestler. He is my favorite wrestler. I will stop what I'm doing to watch anything Orange Cassidy does on any show. I love this man, and I think he's brilliant. I I, I love his work, and this was exactly what I wanted this match to be. 
Yes. Match number 30. Dog collar match. CM Punk versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman 2. So this was violent, bloody, a war, a worthy dog collar match, which is the best compliment you can give it. It's it's trying to live up to Piper Valentine, and it succeeded. So, goddamn. To its own, to its own, like, yes. In its own way. Yes, yes. In its own way. It wasn't, I'm not saying it was every bit as good or as violent, but it lived up to the stipulation. Sticking with the bloodbath motif. Number 29 from Defy Wrestling Wild Ones. Filthy Tom Lawler versus John Moxley. And number 28 from GCW Bloodsport 8, WrestleMania Weekend, Biff Busick versus John Moxley. Bloodbath, war, awesome, brutal, violent, hard-hitting, intelligent, spectacular wrestling matches. Yeah. The Lawler match, I like in its own respect, just because it was a wrestling match. Yes. Yeah. It was, it, it could have, it did a little more blood, but it could have fit right in, in like the eighties or the seventies maybe. Yeah. Whereas the Biff music match had its own. It was real set. Yeah. It was a UFC fight worked UFC fight on acid is what that was. Yes. Yeah. With all the blood, and all of the blood that has ever been blood. So that was yeah, Those were matches. Number 29 and 28, the John Moxley bloodbath two pack versus filthy Tom and versus Biff Busick, the former Oni Lorcan. Great. It feels like so long ago. A lifetime ago. Biff Busick is great. Get him in. I We should say this about everyone. I just want to see good people do good work in good places. Get him in AEW because he was great in PWG. So anyway, match number 27, Eddie Kingston, my boy. My second favorite wrestler, possibly actually Eddie is ahead of Orange Cassidy, only barely. Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii, the best match of Capital Collision, which was a really good show. This match surprised me because it's like, okay, I'm not trying to say I don't like Eddie Kingston or he doesn't do good work. But when you think of wrestling matches... Uh, he's got a distinct style, but I know what you're saying. He's not, he's not Kenny Omega. He's not Will Ospreay. Exactly. But I love Eddie Kingston's work, man. I think he's a great professional wrestler. I think he's, he's like, uh, he's like an Ishii. He's like an American Ishii. He's like, he's like Walter in a way. His style is very similar to Gunther's. (laughs) Yeah, it It, is. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, match number 26, Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. Gun to my head, this might be the best Chris Jericho match in AEW. A uh, singles match in AEW. He's had better multi-man matches. Yeah, this match was really good. I thought this was going to be higher, to be 100% honest. Yeah, well, it was, it, this is at 26th. This is the bar for four and a quarter. This is the final four and a quarter star match. And arguably the best part of this match was like the William Regal and Chris Jericho podcast like a week or two after when uh, Regal was just talking about people dropping each other on their heads and just like lamenting these young kids in the business. And then uh, Jericho was like, oh yeah, Eddie just dropped me on my head like last week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, So that was funny. But yeah, I, I think this honestly is Jericho's best one versus one match in AEW. Match number 26 on our list. All right. Let's get to it. So from this point forward, matches are at least four and a half stars, which is now we're at 90%. Now that's an A+. So that's not just great. That's not just special. This is now all-time classic stuff. This is stuff that we will remember for years. Stuff that if you if you wanted to tell me this match was your match of the year, I would not bat an eyelash. I would say that makes a lot of sense. 
That's that's the level we're at right now. A plus, ninety percent. All right, let's get to it. Let's see what's going on. I'm I'm actually like trying to think now <laughs> in my index of wrestling matches. What could be up here? I'm so excited. I'm excited for this moment. This is my moment of the podcast. I can't wait. Blood and guts, Boris. Let's go. Match number twenty five. Blackpool Combat Club of Claudio Castagnoli, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, Ortiz Santana, and Wheeler Yuta versus the Jericho Appreciation Society of Cool Hand Angelo Parker, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, Jake Hager, and Sammy Guevara. Six on six War Games match. One of the best War Games matches of all time. Awesome cage match. Brilliant wrestling match. An all time classic bloody war. How did it come across live? That's the thing. That is the thing. I think this is a perfect spot for this match. I was really concerned that this would be higher. <laughs> okay, okay. And the reason for that is because my experience of the match was so different than yours. I was there. I was in the Big D. <laughs> yes, Detroit Rock City. Yeah, I was in Detroit Rock said. City. Yeah, exact. Great movie, by the way, also. Mm. And um, here's the thing. Like, this match, I said this on the All Elite Weekly podcast, and that's... This match was made for TV. Absolutely. There was so much going on, so much spectacle, so much production, for lack of a better word, that it took away from the live experience. But that might go to show you how good the match was, that we didn't give a shit, that it was hard to... I don't want to say hard to follow, but like hard to... Well, you missed some of the nuance. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah, you just had to. And the fact that like... There's so many small things that happened that Dan was telling me that happened on TV for the cameras yeah. that I'm like, you see, it was like, it's so yeah. it's such a weird experience, and I'm not saying it's a bad experience because I love the match. I like, yeah, it, but it's a different experience that I had watching the match the first time. That's interesting, man. That's worth noting too. And I I wonder, like, obviously, it's hard to see through a steel cage too. It's like part of it, right? That was like, that was a huge part. Like, yeah. I feel like the, even the gaps within the cage were short, smaller. Yeah, or, yeah, smaller than than even WWE's or other cages that we've seen like this. And you know, it goes to show you why people love the blue cage, right? Absolutely, because it's easier to see through. Yeah. yeah. So, and between that and just the sheer amount of people, and I'm not talking production like well not camera people but just production people in general like extras uh stage hands dude i i sent you some videos like it was packed down there yeah it seemed like it man absolutely like so many like things to work through so many things i've never seen a ufc card but i've heard like my buddy justin lacy was talking to me about this like yeah i guess when you go see a live ufc there's it's similar like there's lots of lots of shenanigans in the cage and you don't always get the best vantage point you know what I mean but it is it's a made for TV it's a television show that you're yeah. watching live at the and end I'm, it's, it's and not and yeah I went in there expecting that and understanding that and I'm not saying this didn't diminish I'm not trying to be controversial or anything I'm just saying it was an amazing experience but I feel I would have liked the match more if I watched it on TV. I think that's fair, man. I think that's absolutely fair. Obviously, I, I mean, that's probably your opinion. You probably wouldn't have ranked it 25 based on your live viewing, right? So, now there you go. But, yeah, no, in in my opinion, I thought it was exactly what it needed to be. And while it did have some flaws, and obviously it fell apart, like Santana's injury kind of hurt it. Like, there was, like, some confusion near the end. I still thought it was violent and just gory and just what it what it needed to be like it this was the one that didn't need to be a choreographed dance this had to feel like a fight it was okay that this didn't feel clean right yeah exactly 
So this is one. This match reminds me a lot of Mick Foley versus Randy Orton. And this next match is one that it's going to age poorly. It's already aged poorly. And this might be the most maligned selection of the entire list. This was Jeff Hardy's last stand. Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen, AEW Dynamite, May 11th. So it's not fashionable anymore to praise Jeff Hardy, rightfully so. I'm not trying to apologize for for drunk driving, but 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 like let's. I'm just saying, like before the Jeff Hardy scandal happened, there was this last moment of Jeff Hardy's career, and I will remember this match for what it was. Here is <laughs> this the particular thing about match, Jeff not Jeff Hardy's career. Anyway, no, 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 no. Like, you can say what you want about it, all this personal stuff. Blah 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 blah. We're not gonna get into it here. But in terms of his in ring, this was at a point where. A lot, the, the crowd is very polarized when it comes to Jeff Hardy. Some people want him to keep going because he's got something else in him. And then there's the other people who just want him to stop because he's like given his entire body to the industry, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a polarizing character before you even bring in the other stuff. And we're going to focus on his just like just the, not the other stuff here. And for me, I'm a part of the group where he's given us everything he's literally given us his his body to me it's just like we've seen now him do it in wwe he won the wwe title he won like he went to AEW, had all these spectacular matches had in my opinion his his final classic last hurrah with darby allen that was a exactly perfect spot fest in a way but this was it had the story it had the history this is exactly what it what it uh what it had to be like i said it was it was in my opinion an updated version of mick foley versus randy orton in a lot of ways mick foley versus randy orton was better it was a better match but it was that same kind of thing like the young guy proving himself uh against that old veteran in his style of match right yeah. And it was different for a lot of reasons. Darby Allen is a clone of Jeff Hardy, and, and Randy Orton was playing like the cowardly heel versus Mick Foley, but it was that kind of match. It was a spotty whatever. Anyway, Jeff Hardy's whole thing, I think we're done. I think we're done. I don't think we need to ever see it again. God bless him. If he wants to work indies, if he wants to go to the WWE Hall of Fame and do another WWE run, I think that's great. AEW, for what they're trying to be, for what they're trying to do, for the people they're trying to appeal to, I think Jeff Hardy's done. What are they going to bring him back and win the world tag titles? Are they going to bring him back and do another ladder match with him? What are you going to do with Jeff Hardy if you bring him back to AEW? I think he's done. I think he's like, uh, was it Jimmy Jacobs? No, it wasn't Jimmy Jacobs. Who was the guy who they had and then fired the deathmatch guy? They they had sent to rehab and fired. Oh, he was teaming with Kip Sabian and stuff. AEW in the early days. He's a British guy. Anyway, someone's. I'm sure a lot of fans are yelling it at their... Uh, Screens right now. Anyway, yeah, so that's what I think Jeff Hardy's uh, path is. He's going to get out of rehab and fired, I believe. Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc, not Jimmy Jacobs. Yes, Jimmy Havoc. Thank you. All right, so that was match number 24 anyway. This was this was awesome. I, I thought it was Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy giving us exactly what we wanted. It was Jeff Hardy's last stand. I think it's the last meaningful contribution you'll have to the wrestling business. 
Match number 23, Boris. WrestleMania 38, night one. Cody Rhodes, the dramatic return versus Seth Rollins. An all-time classic, mostly for the moment. But also, it was a great wrestling match. It was a great wrestling match. Uh, great callbacks to Cody's career. Great, like It was kind of like uh, a show within itself. Absolutely. This, this was like its own pay-per-view. This was why a lot of people bought WrestleMania. You literally could have had this as the main event, and that's it. And people would have paid for it. Almost should have been the main event, but it would have given away that Cody was coming. But still, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, number 23, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Old Seth Rollins. Adrenaline in my soul. This premise has got to go. (laughs) Classic match and moment. Either way, Boris. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, here's one that fell right under the radar. This was actually the best match of WrestleMania Backlash, Boris. It was not the tag team match. It was Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Second best match of Ronda's career was her first match, her best match, with Kurt Angle and Triple H and Stephanie. Hmm. That was a, an amazing, amazing From debut. From our four pillars... You're correct. I think so. This is right up there, though. This is right up there. Another classic. Those are Ronda's two best matches. I've heard people say Ronda's bad, or she like she definitely is not a good character. She's a good wrestler. She's a good wrestler, and you can't have a brilliant match like this and be a bad wrestler. She is she is a very good wrestler when she's given the right opponent. And the right storyline, she can produce something special. As was evidenced here. I quit match, Ronda versus Charlotte. We haven't seen Charlotte since. Yeah, exactly. Great match, though. Match number 21, a love letter to Impact Wrestling. Why you would ever send that letter, I don't know. But Boris, it's Eric Young versus Josh Alexander. The Impact Slammiversary 20th Anniversary Main Event. Actually... A fucking classic, amazing match. The best match of Eric Young's career. One of the best of Josh Alexander's. I crow for this match as well. I questioned when uh, Eric Young won the Battle Royal to face Josh Alexander at Slammiversary. I'm like, why? And then I succumbed to the fact that maybe it's because Eric Young is a quote-unquote original or a mainstay or whatever you want to say about his TNA career, right? So I accepted it. I never even thought of like the Ontario factor. The fact that these two have probably fought each other God knows how many times. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, and, and, and everything. Just like, there's just so much good that went on this. And then they gave us the FTR Hardy Boys treatment. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, man. But getting there, absolutely unbelievable. Like, they, this was the... This was the the love letter, as we said, for lack of a better term, to Impact Wrestling, to the history of TNA, NWA, total nonstop action. It was there was Jeff Jarrett guitar shots, every wrestler's finisher that you ever saw in this promotion. They ripped the ring curtain up like Bully Ray used to do. They did everything. So yeah, just if you've seen a second, honestly, one episode of TNA and you've liked it ever in your life, go watch this match. I think you'll actually enjoy it. Exactly. All right, match number 20 for the Stardom High Speed title. The first of two Stardom matches in this fucking section, not to mention all the other Stardom matches that we've talked about. So this was the Dark Starlight Kid versus Azumi, AZM. A whiff of 
Tiger Mask versus Dynamite Kid here. A whiff of Rey Mysterio versus Juventud Guerrera. Dare I say a whiff of the Young Bucks in PWG. This is cutting edge pro wrestling. The light heavyweight cruiserweight match that looks like wrestling in fast forward. This is what wrestling might look like in 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Okay. Starlight Kid. 20 years old. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. She was born in 2002? 2001. That's wild. That's wild. Azumi versus Dark Starlight Kid. Maybe the youngest classic match ever in wrestling. Right here. Like, And that is the thing that scares me about this. Is the fact that we are seeing... We're still seeing Starlight Kid developing. Absolutely, man. Oh, she, uh, she could be incredible. It's... It's a bright future for the professional wrestling business. But yeah, this was this was that cutting edge cruiserweight junior heavyweight spot festy. Not but not spot festy. Like Tiger Mask kinda Rey Mysterio kinda. I guess that's spot festy in a way. But you know what I'm saying. Number 19, Boris, we're going to Wrestle Kingdom, night one. The main event of the first night of Wrestle Kingdom, it's uh, Okada versus Shingo. So, you know, people, uh, at the time, people said this was the best match on Wrestle Kingdom. Some people did. Uh, that That's fine if you say that. I think this was merely the 20th or 19th best match of the year. Merely a classic. Merely. 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 You know what I mean? No, this was an incredible match between two incredible athletes that main evented in the Tokyo Dome. How could you go wrong? Exactly. You know, Shingo is one of those guys where it where you see his position now. Like, if he was in another promotion, he'd be like, he's being wasted. Oh, interesting. I like it. The hot take, Shingo Takagi. Yeah, no, he's you're right, though. He's the equivalent of the 24-7 belt. He's, he's yeah, you're right. Uh, he's making it look good, though. He's elevated it. He's made it his own. But you're right. You're kind of right, man. That's, that's, that's depressing when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> is it it? Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, moving on, back to the New Japan Cup we go for Hiromu Takahashi versus Minoru Suzuki. So this was the match that they just literally almost slapped each other and chopped each other for 10 minutes. This was a striking battle. What this match was was Hiromu trying to prove to Minoru Suzuki that he was tough, that he belonged against this heavyweight pure Reisu legend. And this match was fucking great. Oh, this match was so good. I know like earlier in your show we were saying it's like we don't want 40 minute match of two people just slapping each other but there's that charisma that Hiromu brings to everything and there's that almost legend status that Suzuki has. Mm. Exactly. And like it's a perfectly acceptable story. Like you can see like the way Hiromu dresses, the way he comports himself, you can easily tell no matter what language you speak what the story of this match is. It's young guy trying to prove himself against a grumpy old man. It's it's the son standing up to dad in a way, you know what I mean? It's a tale as old as time. It's like it's just a brilliant wrestling match that that you could show somebody who was five or fifty or hundred and five, and they would get uh, something out of it. I'm sure. Match number seventeen: a triple threat for the TNT title. Andrade El Idolo versus Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. So, the style of match that this was one of the best you'll ever see. It was a little much for me. There's like the Tower of Doom. I hate the Tower of Doom. And there was the Tower of Doomiest t- 
Tower of Doom that ever Tower of Doomed in this match where like they walked out to the middle of the ring like just balancing on each other doing the Tower of Doom and then they Tower of Doomed downwards. You didn't tower your doom or doom your tower after the match? No, there was no, I did not doom anybody's tower. Nobody's tower was doomed, I promise you. Nobody doomed my tower. I was not out there dooming towers. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> anyway, uh, a very good triple threat match this was. All right. For the WWE Raw Women's title, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. This was from WrestleMania Night 1. Becky Lynch looking like a million dollars, not just in the ring, but also like the bodysuit. Just absolutely incredible match from two awesome wrestlers. I'll go this far. This is one of the best women's matches in the history of WWE. You couldn't name me 10 better. This is on the top 10 matches, women's matches in WWE history. Yeah, I know. This match was so good. Uh, the story and just everything within the match itself also was just so freaking good. And, like, you know, people want to talk about the characterization right now of Becky as the heel, Becky as whatever, but she is just doing some great stuff. Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. I, I love Becky's work. I think her heel... When Seth Rollins isn't the best wrestler... In the family? Pound to pound, <laughs> yeah. in the family. It's pretty good, yeah. In fact, he's probably third. <laughs> oh, rude. Oh, man. But no, I, I she's maybe miscast as a heel, but she's doing excellent work in her position. So I actually think if this exact match happened in AEW, it would have gone away more love. Go back and watch Bianca versus Becky from WrestleMania. If you include like the story they're trying to tell, if you remember their SummerSlam match from last year, it's one of the absolute best women's matches that WWE has ever produced. Yep. And I think... That's you said it right there. It was the payoff from that SummerSlam match. Yeah, absolutely. Consider it's literally the opposite ends of the spectrum. Pretty well. Yeah. Pretty damn well. But it ended up paying off in the end. So kind of dumb that they screwed Bianca Belair over last uh summer, but I guess I don't know, it worked out in the end. Although I can't help but think, you know, it, they shouldn't have done that because it kind of hurt her. Like, I don't think she's as popular as she would be had she never been screwed over and lost in five seconds. Anyway. Yeah, some other multiverse. True. The same multiverse where Vince Russo is still writing WWE. Gross. Uh, so the next match, number 15 on our list, we're getting down there. So this is a very interesting rules. Uh, from stardom, a steel cage match where... You have to pin your opponent to unlock the ability to escape. So it's not pinfall or escape. It's pinfall, then escape. It was a modified Queen of the Mountain match. Yes, interesting. Modified Queen of the Mountain. Well put, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have to become eligible to win this match. And the only way you become eligible is yes. to get a win. Yes, and then if your opponent uh, stops you from climbing up the cage, you are... Uh, now, back in the throes of the match, you are no longer eligible. You have, so to, you have re- to get a pin. Yes, exactly. And then the climb. So you have to pin your opponent, and then you get one attempt to climb out of the cage. Sounds like a love life. <laughs> Jesus, boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the match is Natsupoi versus Tam Nakano. Steel cage pinfall, then escape match from stardom. Fight but in I the top. Try the escape first. <laughs> June 22nd, 2022. Well, 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's just a hard-fought absolute battle. I thought it was the best stardom match of the year that I have seen so far. Top 15 match of the year in very, very many years. In, like, God, so many years in the history of pro wrestling, this is the best match of the year by a wide margin. I know we say this every single time we talk stardom. And we will say this every single time we talk stardom. Go and watch their shows. Yes. Please. Like, they're so entertaining. They're so good. Yes, absolutely, man. A million percent agree. And this was a, a cage match unlike anything I've ever seen before. Unique rules in a steel cage match. Pinfall, then escape. And it worked for me big time. That was number 15. Number 14, judges in case of a draw match. AEW world title, Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page from the January 5th Dynamite. The first Dynamite on TBS. So unpopular opinion coming up. Uh It's not about the match. It's about the rules. Why would you say judges included if you're not going to end the match with the judges having a say? Oh, to to tease it to because you thought that they would. So when the I never thought they would. Okay. But you thought it would get closer to the to the end. Like this match ended in like thirty minutes, right? No, I because. This was like the the, the this was like the, the end of right so it's kind of for me was I knew where this was gonna go okay so what what are you what oh, okay okay so what's your argument though that they should have they sh- not use the judges why, why, why use the judges why promote the judges yeah I, I I think the answer to your question be it correct or if it worked or not was to tease the fans into thinking it would go longer so when like then it would mean something. Yeah, so when like the finish happened, it was like, oh, this was a decisive win for Paige versus Brian Danielson. Like we all, I don't know. I think it was to I think it was to further hammer home the point that this was a decisive win that did not need the judges because we did not get close to them. Because otherwise, why would you do it? Exactly. That's the only way. I, I to me, that's the only way that makes sense. I don't know. Anyway. I think a lot of people think this, the second match, this is the second Danielson versus Hangman match. I think a lot of people think it's better than the first match. At the time, it seemed like a lot of the reaction was that it's better than the first match. I strongly disagree. I think the first match was five stars. And we said it last year. I think it was one of the all-time great matches I've ever seen in my life. This match was very, very good. It was the 14th best match that we've seen all year. It was an all-time classic. It was not as good as the first one. In my opinion, still a brilliant professional wrestling match from January 5th, the first Dynamite on TBS. This is where I'm going to be an asshole. Yes. (laughs) So you said it's not as good as the first one. No. So now, where did we rate that match last year? I think like fourth or fifth. Because there were so many five star matches, yeah. but yeah, you, don't you see you where worry. I was trying to go? Oh, don't you worry, buddy. I am, I am crossing my eyes and dotting my T's on those, buddy. Don't worry. I would never make a mistake ever. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Number thirteen, Texas Death Match, AEW World Title. Your boy Lance Archer versus Hangman Adam Page. If you wanted to tol- tell me this was the best match that Lance Archer ever had, ever in his life, I would agree. This wow. match did not get the love it deserved. Wild, bloody brawl. This is Bruiser Brody shit, buddy. Great finish. Unique, memorable stunts. This is what professional wrestling is all about. <laughs> there, I said it. Cool. <laughs> you strongly disagree with this one. Oh, I'm. We're gonna have a conversation <laughs> offline. Oh wow! No, so, no, no, no. Yeah. I just, I, this match. Uh, 
it's okay. Here's the thing. It's one of those matches where you knew the outcome mm-hmm. and it just didn't live up to anything else. Oh, so I disagree with part two. I disagree that it didn't live up. I 1 million percent agree that you knew the outcome. Of all the title matches that AEW has ever produced, this was the most obvious. Like, obviously, Lance Archer is not about to win the world title on Dynamite. Pretty sure, sure that Hangman Page is going to keep this title. But I thought the match really worked. This is from the February 9th Dynamite, if you want to go back and watch it. Texas Death Match. Adam Page versus Lance Archer. That is unlucky 13. Number 12, buddy. We're getting there. Brian Danielson versus John Moxley from Revolution. This match started the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, this match was awesome. This match was so good. Uh, the ending came out of nowhere. I liked it. I feel like I talked worse about the match when it happened but i did recently rewatch it nice i i thought it was good man i i obviously you see where it is on our list i thought that the ending did work for me although i do agree it came out of nowhere i, I kind of felt like it came out of nowhere in a good way came out of nowhere in the type of way that this is a wrestling match three seconds is all it takes and you got to be on your toes the whole time right so it worked for me but i do accept that it was kind of just like they were fighting they were fighting and then they just stopped fighting <laughs> But that's some of the best UFC fights end like that too, right? So, match number 11, just off the post, outside the top 10. It is a match for the A, sorry, the AAA tag team titles and the Ring of Honor tag team titles. It's your boys, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Their second match from Dynamite. So, AAA tag team titles, Ring of Honor tag team titles. FTR versus Young Bucks to Dynamite April 6th. Yeah. Amazing match. match. Amazing match. FTR are great. Young Bucks are great. I liked it more than their first match. And yet, Boris, I still think there's a better match in them. You know what I mean? I think think they have a five-star in them. Oh, yeah, they do. I thought the first match, the the tag team finisher spam, I liked what they were going for, but especially the fact that it was not in front of a crowd heard it. Yeah. And this match was even better than that first match, which was excellent as well. But still... It's here at 11, not top 10. Amazing match. I can't wait to see what they do at the September pay-per-view, which is probably going to be Bucks FTR 3. All right, here we go, buddy. We're inside the top 10. Keep this train moving. AEW Rampage. Maybe the best match in the history of this show. Maybe the best match. Uh, in the history of Wheeler Yuta versus John Moxley, this is the one. This is the one that made not only Wheeler Yuta, but this really solidified the idea of the Blackpool Combat Club. Obviously, like Danielson and Moxley, their match kind of like was the birth of it. But this was the this was the one that showed how you get in. You know? Yeah, um, I agree with you 100, percent man. This match was so good. Like, like. I would rate this one at the Danielson match back-to-back, honestly. Uh, but this one, if you're looking at her four pillars, you're 100% right that this one is that much better. Absolutely. Maybe I should have bumped FTR down even one more, but whatever. Anyway, top 10 match, Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta. A star-making performance for Yula. U- Yuta, who bled and bled and bled and just a, just a brilliant match. Just put him on the map. Match number nine, you've referenced it already in the podcast, buddy. Ladder match for the AEW TNT title. Cody Rhodes, adrenaline in, in his soul. Sammy Guevara is his opponent. Beach break, January 26th. Is 
Cody Rhodes, the only wrestler, and this is I'm testing now your your stats. The only wrestler who appeared in both AEW and WWE. Oh, I didn't check that, but no, technically I would think uh, O'Reilly on our list. He was no, gone you know, by yeah. December. Oh, you might be right. They oh, both. Yeah. Uh, it's Red Dragon debuted at the at Christmas. Yeah, he's on there. Cesaro's not on the list. Danielson came already. I think you're right. I think it might be Cody and Cody alone. There you go. Interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, the highlight of this match was like the insane cutter, the uh, the diamond cutter, the RKO that Sammy hits. But this match also, there was a classic match in here wrapped in between Sammy Guevara's usual uh, suicide attempts. Sammy Guevara. Is yeah, <laughs> yes, those things. Um, match number eight and number seven. It's a Jordan Devlin versus Ilya Dragunov two-pack. So match number eight is the loser leaves town match that they had on the NXT UK 200th episode, which was May 12th. That's match number eight. Match number seven is the empty arena match they had at the start of the year, January 27th. Both all-time classics. Empty arena, slightly better, but this was a brilliant feud between two excellent wrestlers. The fact that an empty arena match can like rank so high on our list, when you take a look at the way we rank matches, impressive. Yeah. And... <laughs> The only joke I'm going to make about number eight is the fact that I love how loser leaves town match means you get a promotion. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, loser yeah, moves up in the world. Although he lost his name. That's how they should have pushed it. Loser loses name match. Because now Jordan Devlin is J.D. McDonough. Anyway, buddy. So that was number eight and number seven. Number six, the main event of Wrestle Kingdom Night 2. Okada versus Will Ospreay. Brilliant match. One thing I loved about this match, too, is as as crazy as Okada can be, as crazy as Will Ospreay can be with the moves, there's just a clear, decisive winner. Okada kicked out of everything Ospreay did, hit one Rainmaker, and fucking beat his ass. And that and then, is good. And then the story of the second match is what else does Ospreay have? Exactly right, man. So... Some people said this was, like, one of the best matches that has ever happened. Like, six, seven, eight, twelve stars, right? I would not go that far. Amazing performance, nonetheless. Top six wrestling match of this year. Will Ospreay is great. For more on how great Will Ospreay is, consult AEW Dynamite Road Rager, where he and Dax Harwood... Had the number five match of the year. Dax versus Will Ospreay from Road Rager, June 15th. Number five on our list. This match blew my fucking socks off. Oh, this I, match. I couldn't believe it. I, when it was announced earlier on the day or the day before and I sent it to you, I'm like, this is going to be on our list very high. Yes, absolutely. I didn't think it would be this high. Yeah, me neither, man, honestly, but holy. Like, it's just and so again, incredibly good. How can Dax Harwood not be your wrestler of the year? He's he's really shown us a lot. And it's not just it's not just in the ring having good matches with good wrestlers. He's a good character. And this babyface turn, it's kind of showed a blueprint from how to how to behave as a babyface once you turn, right? Like, didn't change too much. But still has changed just enough that the crowd likes him, and he's a good guy, not a bad guy, while still being true to himself. It's really just brilliant the work. Austin, the Austin motif. Yeah, man, absolutely. Just brilliant work up and down the card, <laughs> if you will. Like No matter where they're slotting FTR, they're going to give you something great. That was number five. 
Number four. So this is the singles match of the year. The pure one versus one wrestling match. This is the best one I've seen all year. With no gimmick. With no gimmick. Okay. No tag team. That's why. That's why. Because. Okay. So number four. Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. New Japan Cup Elite Eight. Holy Christ, this match. This match was so good. The thing about this match is there's a you don't need to know New Japan. If you do know New Japan, it would help. But there's a clear, concise story to follow that any fan of any experience level could really follow on this match. And that's basically like Zack Sabre Jr., is the ground-based Pokemon, and Will Ospreay is, wants to take it to the air. Zack Sabre's trying to ground this man, and if he can wrestle him, he will win this wrestling match. But the other guy is a, is a grasshopper. How yeah. do you wrestle a grasshopper? <laughs> We're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> so yeah, I thought the finish was great. Unique, too. I hadn't seen that exact finish before. This was, uh, in a lot of years, the best match. Uh, one of the best matches I've ever seen. Just absolutely fabulous one versus one professional wrestling. Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay, their best match. And they've had some awesome matches, too. Yep, exactly. Number three. The AEW pay-per-view match of the year. The multi-man tag team match of the year. Anarchy in the arena. Boris, Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, Ortiz, and Santana versus Chris Jericho, Angelo Parker, Matt Menard, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager. The best match in the history of AEW. The, no, I'm just kidding. The best match in the history of ECW, though, and it happened on AEW. This was the, the platonic ideal of ECW. God damn it, I fucking love this match so much. I loved every second of this match. I loved every camera cut. It was a Kevin Dunn wet dream, except it was actually good and entertaining. There was a thousand camera cuts, and they were all necessary and meant something. This match was amazing. All ten guys came off better than they, than they came in. So, I, I don't know. Just absolute brilliant piece of work. How'd you feel about it? You disagree? Yo. Oh, yeah. You know I do. I disagree wholeheartedly on this one. Would you even have it in your list? Would you even yes, have it, it in your list? it would be on my list. Okay. It would be on my list. But three? Not even close? God, not even close to three. <laughs> not even close. The match we are literally watching in front of our eyes happening on during SmackDown, which is a six-woman tag team match, would probably rank... No, I wouldn't. That's <laughs> I mean, I, I know, that's absurd. Uh, all right, so that was number three. Here we go. So number two, Boris, this is now we're out of the four and a half star pack. We are now into a four and three quarter star match. So this is the rarest rating, the rarest of the rare. I don't really give four and three quarter because what's to decipher between A plus and a better A plus? What like, number is this, sir? This is number two on our list. <laughs> oh. A ripped pack. That's what. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's the decision. <laughs> that's the one, buddy. But it's just like, uh, but honestly, so so the re- the reason why I would give three or f- uh, sorry four and three quarters versus four and a half or five is because it's it's a match that was brilliant with an obvious flaw or like Jerry Lawler versus Bill Dundee that we don't have all the footage for. So I can't call it five stars if I haven't fucking seen the entire thing. That's or unfair. The infamous Bret Hart versus Mister Perfect. Exactly, Alaska match or whatever yeah. that we're supposed to be like the the best match that either guy ever had, but yeah. we've never seen it. So exactly. like, or if we've seen it, we see like six seconds on a fucking whatever right so anyway so hell in a cell match cody rhodes seth rollins three this is four and three quarters a plus 
And the obvious flaw with this match is that Cody tore his fucking peck and it's only, only good. It's only compelling. It's only brilliant because he worked injured. Right. And and the flaw is that not that like, it, it, it's just that it would encourage so many other people to do so, right? Like, no? Do you know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. Okay, anyway. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about this match. We don't know the original match they had planned. No, we don't. Right? This match was an audible because Cody was limited to doing so much. Absolutely. And the, and the match that they produced in their audible was still so fucking good. And that's the thing, yeah. right? And for me, that's part of it. And then when you look at our pillars, dude... You still thought it was a work going into the after party. Well, just me. Yeah, exactly. And not even like I was saying, wow, you guys are wrong. I was just like, are we sure? Like, did we just fucking see that? Really? Like, I was just incredulous. I was just shocked. Yeah. But we did. We did see that. That's exactly. what we saw. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, it was the match. And when you take a look at our four pillars and the way that we rate matches, you cannot get more intriguing than this. No, man. Like I was, you cannot be more drawn in watching at TV than this. Literally, I was glued to my eyes, and it's one of the few times in wrestling that I get. I watched it, and I still didn't quite believe what I had seen. You know, even even watching it with my own eyes, I was like, "What the fuck? Like, really? Yeah, really? Yeah." The whole match with a torn pack, working it over, slapping it, hitting it with kendo sticks. And such, man. This is Cody Rhodes. He would. He wants to be a babyface so bad. <laughs> to do anything to be a good guy in professional wrestling, and I hope that he's earned that status now. I'll cheer him. You, I'll cheer him. Go. You know what I mean, like, dude. Gonna... I'm almost willing to give him a second chance. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. This is it. Match of the year, Boris. So far. So far. So far. So yeah. So the the Hell in the Cell match, four and three quarters. That was the WWE match of the year, the WWE pay per view match of the year, and the gimmick match of the year. So the only match that I would give five stars to, that I would say was perfect, beautiful, a first ballot Hall of Fame match. Excuse me, getting a little drunk in this proceeding, bars. This is the one. This is the best match I've seen all year. This is the best match of either team's career. This is one of the best matches I've ever seen in this genre. This might be the best tag team match ever that has ever happened. The Briscoes versus FTR from ROH Supercard of Honor from April Fool's Day. This is the match of the year. This is the best match that I've seen, and this is the only match so far this year that I can say is flawless. Flawless. There's not a second I would change about it. There's not a second that I've seen in another match that I could say for sure was better. This might be the best tag team match I have ever seen in my life. Period. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So great. Wow. Absolutely incredible first ballot Hall of Fame. FTR, Dax, fucking Harwood, buddy, and Cash Wheeler. And it's the only appearance of the Briscoes on their list. And they just casually had a five-star match in the best of their career. Oh, um. (laughs) (laughs) Considering that, like, we literally, at the time of the list last year, had to add their match against each other to our list. Absolutely. And I'm glad we did the fight on the farm. That match was Papa Briscoe. Papa Briscoe, the MVP of that thing. Okay. I'm not saying that match wasn't number one. But when you look at our four pillars. 
hours. And I'm, this is why I'm trying to beat this to death at this point. No, hit me. Because this is a perfect example of it. It was the intrigue of FTR versus Young Bucks mixed in with we know this match probably won't happen anymore because by this point we knew the issues that the Briscoes were having getting signed by AEW. Yes, yes. Plus the fact that this was WrestleMania Friday and we knew that both teams, uh, well, at least the Briscoes, were going to appear in another show at the same time. Yeah, almost. on that day, absolutely. That night, later that later that night. Which is crazy. It's it, To me, that's, that's the most impressive thing in a way is that the Briscoes were willing to give FTR so much in this match. Only they had to fucking work in three hours. Against and, the Good Brothers. And that's just like, that's a testament to... The the absolute work ethic of those two men, like like Mark Briscoe and Jay Briscoe, in almost any other time in the history of wrestling, that would be a situation where they they pull off the brakes a little bit. And I'm glad that they didn't because it gave us the fans one of the most brilliant pieces of work I've ever seen in my life. But I mean, you could say I, it's I don't want to like make a joke of this. You can see Tony Khan like loves all of his wrestlers that he signed. But go watch the Ring of Honor press conference. Look how much Tony Khan loves FTR, and he knows how brilliant these guys are in the ring, man. So I don't know. I thought what's this- crazy to me. So okay, okay. I'm I, I'm trying to find the right time to bring this up. Maybe. What's crazy to me is that. We went through, uh, you know, um, the Supercard of Honor, and you're telling me out of the other 120 matches or 21 matches on this list, you couldn't find a spot for Jonathan Gresham versus Roosh. Oh, see, maybe I should have. Maybe I should have. Maybe I honestly should. I, uh, that's and that's the thing because, yeah. like, I flipped. This is why I'm like, I literally flipped the match of the night for me. Based off of what I like after the fact, yeah. right? So uh, that's one that I actually forgot about, and like should have. I'll watch it again, and maybe it'll show up in January on our list, Boris. Maybe I should have watched that, and like obviously there's going to be some blind spots, yeah. So thank you for bringing that one up, but yeah, no, it definitely wasn't a shot against that match so much as I actually just kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit. Yeah, no, no, no. Like I said, it was just for me. I was just more curious to see, just because like. We were both at that time, just just flipped out about like yeah. what we just watched. That's true. Yeah, it was a really good match. I love Jonathan Gresham's work, man. Little Taz like Pokemon, like four, five foot four, four foot five type wrestler. So yeah, I was gonna say, well, let's get into the stats before we wrap this up. So by promotion, the stats here and. So all elite wrestling in New Japan, their stats are a little gassed up because they have the one show that's joint show. So if you added all the promotion stats up, it's not quite 122 because certain promotions are represented twice, right? Anyway, all elite wrestling is on this list 56 times, 33 dynamite matches, which is crazy. That's more than one a week. So we are so blessed and that's going to go down because I have a lot of AEW matches near the top of this list, but... That's just and, and the the reason why it's so high is because I watch more AEW. I don't watch anything else. But man, I we're very lucky to have AEW. That's just like two three years ago. That's fifty six matches that we just didn't have. You know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So we're very lucky to have that. Number two on our list: World Wrestling Entertainment. Twenty five matches. Thirteen from premium live events. Eight from NXT UK. Three from NXT two and a single Raw match. 
I'm not shocked at those stats. Yeah, it seems about right. Seems about you know, right. There's to me. another match that you should really watch out for, and that's the Naomi Charlotte match from SmackDown. Really? Yes. I feel like I need a SmackDown match here. There's probably been one that's Anyways, worthy so of this list. I'm actually shocked that WWE is number two. Well, because I haven't watched. There's like three big things from New Japan which I need to watch. True. Right. So True. I need to watch Duntaku and Dominion and the best three or five matches from the Super Juniors. So New Japan, 23 matches on this list. 12 from New Japan, Japan. 12 for, or sorry, 11 from New Japan, USA, and affiliates such as Forbidden Door. Uh, six matches from Stardom. Five matches from Impact. Three matches from Game Changer Wrestling, one of which being Bloodsport. And then one match from AAA, DDT, Defy, Ice Ribbon, Pro Wrestling Noah, Revolution Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Seed Lining, Warrior Wrestling, West Coast Pro, and Wrestling Revolver. So I, I like the spread of promotions we have. And on, yeah. In January, we'll probably have even more promotions and even less AEW. Yeah, that's exactly what's most likely going to happen. Like, you know, the, the, I feel like sometimes the back half of the year, it's just... There's more time because fall yeah, uh, happens winter. Exactly. And like, Sorry. yeah, it's summer right now. And like I said, it's just way easier for me to watch uh, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. Know I'm going to get a couple great matches than it is for me to pay 30 bucks to watch whatever streaming service it might be or anyway. So let's go by wrestler now. Starting with 14 appearances by John Moxley. That is massive. That's gonna drop maybe in like like by a by a, a fair bit, like four or five. But yeah, that's massive right now. It's a little silly. Fourteen appearances, lots of tag matches, little stadium stampedes and anarchies and various cages and various bloods and gutses and such. But uh, yeah, John Moxley out here wrestling speedball, Biff Busick. Filthy Tom, all these names, man. John Moxley is my wrestler of the year this year, and I think it's 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 close with him and Dax. And I, I can't even think of number three, so it's not particularly close. It would have been Cody, maybe had he not been hurt. Yeah, exactly. So eight matches from Dax and Adam Cole, who might be number three. Adam wow. Cole, Bay Bay, appears on this list eight times. Seven matches from Will Ospreay and. Kyle O'Reilly shows up seven times on our list right now. Good for Kyle. Six matches from The Hangman, from Darby Allen, from Kazuchika Okada, Ray Phoenix, and Speedball. All at six on our list. That You know what? Speedball's number is quite impressive when you consider that his home promotion is, is impact. impact. Exactly right, man. And he's out there having a wide variety of matches with a wide variety of people. Minoru Suzuki and uh, friggin' some John Moxley on there. So, number five, number five. So, this is the people who have five matches on our list. Brian Danielson, Cash Wheeler, the inferior uh, FTR. No, that's rude. Uh, Brian Danielson, Cash Wheeler, Eddie Kingston, my boy. Jungle Boy, your boy. Minoru Suzuki, Matt and Nick Jackson. Sammy Guevara, Seth Rollins, thanks, Cody. And Zack Sabre Jr. All have five matches. Yeah, exactly. All right, four matches. Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, Ilya Dragunov, the Luchasaurus. That one's crazy. Orange Cassidy, Shingo Takagi, Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta, four appearances, too. Luchasaurus. <laughs> well, yeah, it's lots of Jungle Boy helping him there. But yes, sir, yeah, the Luchasaurus four times. Three times, Andrade El Idolo. Bobby Fish, Cameron Grimes, Daniel Garcia, Kanosuke, uh, fucking goddammit, Kanosuke Takeshita, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, Riddle, 
Tetsuya Naito, Tomohiro Ishii. That's our list of three-time appearances. So it's kind of cool to see, like, you know what I mean? Like, all these people, like, how many times. It's, it's kind of true to my personal match of the year rankings, like wrestler of the year rankings. It's kind of where I would rank them all. So people who showed up twice, A-Kid, Ariza Nakajima, Ashton Smith, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Blake Christian, Carmelo Hayes, Charlie Dempsey, Christian Cage, Claudio, Cool Hand Angelo Parker, Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Julia, Jake Hager, Jordan Devlin, Mayu Iwatani, Oliver Carter, Malachi Black, Ortiz, Pac, Pento Escuro, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, Santana, Solo, Sikorsi, Yuri, Tam Nakano, Tommaso Ciampa, Fujimoto, Sukasa Fujimoto, Trent Beretta, Trent Seven, Trent Seven twice, <laughs> Trey Miguel, Tyler Bate, and Wardlow. Ah! Here's... Okay, here's a fun one. Jake Hager. Jake Hager twice. twice. How twice. many matches has he had? Two? Yeah, I think he... Well, he also had the Eddie Kingston match, which was pretty close. It was pretty close to our list, honestly. It was like three and three quarters. <laughs> Just Who saying. knew? Jack Swagger, one of the best workers. I'm not going to read you all the one-time performers, but yeah. I, I know one who's there. Santos Escobar. <laughs> Santos Escobar showed up once in that ladder match. Yeah. Eric Young showed up once. Jay Briscoe once. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. I am sweating my balls off. I need some fresh air. <laughs> yes, he does. And that is it for our top 122 of the year. Dot, dot, dot. So far, honestly, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode and any second humanly possible of BAM. The past year has been um, just absolutely amazing. Like I said, it's one of our project uh, passion projects. And I just want to thank everybody, all the kind words, all the friends we've made through this show and everything, etc., etc., etc. Tons on the go this weekend. Money in the bank at the party. We're coming at you right after the show. And then we're going to be chatting so much in the month of July. Matt, thank you for being a friend. Oh, that's nice, buddy. Thank you for being a friend. And thank the Golden Girls for that theme song. And uh, yeah, man, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Let us know some feedback. Let us know any matches we forgot. I haven't watched any Dragon Gate. I haven't watched any, I don't know, Smash Wrestling, any super kicked? You never know. Maybe some Canadian indies will show up on this list near the end of the year. But uh, yeah, this was a ton of fun to compile, and we'll keep tweaking it all year, and we'll see you again January 1st. He's Matt. I'm Boris. And just remember, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.